Excels. Welcome aboard, Hump Day. Appreciate you stepping in as you do each and every single day. You know, you really get a chance to put a correlation together when you listen to one guy compared to another. And listening to the Sixers, Daryl Morey, the general manager today, gives me even more respect for Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. And here's where I'm going with this. So, you know, general managers, the great ones, you know what they do? They tie themselves to a signature player, a fixture, a guy who delivers for you. And when you hear a guy like Daryl Morey go like this, well, our number one priority is to get James Harden back. No, no, no. You mean your number one priority is to get James Harden back. You know why? Because your legacy is tied to him. It's not tied to the Sixers. It's tied to him. I was just telling Tone, the great general managers, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Pat Riley, Dwayne Wade. Look at at what Howie Roseman did. Howie Roseman realized that Carson Wentz wasn't the guy he was going to tie his legacy to. What did he do? He pulled the ripcord immediately. He was out on the ejection seat as quick as they signed that contract extension. And they moved in a different direction. And guess what Howie's done? He's tethered himself now to Jalen Hurts. All the great general managers have that one centerpiece that their legacy's tied to. Every one of them, every great GM has someone that they're affiliated with. And, and, and Moray, for whatever reason, his entire legacy is around James Harden. You're never going to win. This wasn't a Doc Rivers issue. This was more of an ownership issue. This is more of a, an accountability issue. <laughs> don't Hey, let me just say this to you. Eagle fans, you don't ever have to worry about the commanders threatening you in the NFC East as long as Josh Harris owns that team. You don't have to worry about it because he can't spot like Jeffrey Lurie can talent. Jeffrey Lurie went like this. I got a general manager here who's not tied to any one player. He identifies he's got a leg. Do we not agree? Howie has a legacy in Philadelphia sports. He's not going to threaten that with Carson Wentz, no matter how much money you gave him. Howie Roseman was not going to sit there and watch a guy drag his ass down. That's the difference between him and Daryl Morey. He'll let James Harden drown him. Howie ain't going to let that happen, including Doug Peterson. Howie would stick a garden hose In those guys' mouth, if he thought it was in the best interest of the Eagles and his legacy. That's the difference between competing and winning. Being tied to one guy? How many times have we seen that? GMs get tied to one guy. Look at the Knicks. They got tied to Carmelo Anthony. What'd that get you? Nothing. Even the Nuggets. Funny. they, They became a better organization when they got rid of him. Every general manager... No matter what the sport is, 
that was the frustrating thing for Bobby Clark with Eric Lindros. Because Bobby Clark tied his legacy as a GM to Lindros. And it aggravated him. You want to tie your legacy and be remembered. Kind of in the same light that Pat Riley and Jerry West are. That you were able to make that transition from being a great player, not that Pat was, but into being a great front office guy that had the best interest of the organization and wanted to build your own legacy. Why in the world would you want to build your legacy around a guy who make excuses, ate his way out of Houston, complained his way out of Brooklyn, and underachieved in Philly? Why? Why are you going down with the ship? I would never have that. I told you guys, this is one of the reasons that Big Sills flies alone. I'm not having a partner drag my ass down. That's not happening. Now, I'm not saying I haven't hit icebergs. I have. But no one's dragging my ass down like that. I'm not tying my, my ass to a guy. There was only one partner I had. His name was Ron Brooks. Rod Brooks. It was in the Bay Area, and it was called Ebony and Ivory. It was way ahead of its time. Rod Brooks helped me out so much in my early part of my broadcasting career. It was a black and white guy in San Francisco. It was never going to work because we said outrageous shit. He's the only partner I've ever had that I loved. Okay? That's the only time I really ever did partner radio. Because that guy was a star. I think he's still in the Bay Area. Dear friend of mine. Only time I've ever done a show because it was edgy and it was different. Barrett Brooks, too. Look, don't start a fight. I talked to Barrett today. He's a great... I love Barrett Brooks. Uh, we have, and plus that, the inside, that was a great time. Anyway, tying yourself to a player or a situation is so deadly for a general manager. Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman, just not going to do that. He is such a polar opposite to Moray. Moray dies with Harden, and he would die with that guy on the vine. Instead of just moving in a different direction. Look at Bob Myers with Steph Curry. Players come and go. Well, he's, he's tied to Steph. He's tied to Steph Curry. Rob Palenka's tied to who? LeBron James. Look, look at Dombrowski where he is now with ha- having the kind of players that he has on that Phillies team now. Look. Every GM is tied to somebody. And you tether yourself and your resume to that guy. Just doesn't get it, man. You don't tie yourself to people that don't deliver, especially in sports, because your resume's being affected. They're more a man. Again, listening to him, it was about him, not about the Sixers. And Josh Harris, you gambled wrong again. Wrong GM. Look at how many missteps that guy has made. That carpetbagger has made step after step after step in shit. There's not one thing he's done right. Dude, Embiid needs help. He's not a finisher. Tell him. Don't coddle him. 
You do, do you actually really think that Pat Riley and Jerry West were coddling Jabbar? What was the key component to that thing surviving that Kareem didn't get his feelings hurt? They all called him captain. Magic made him feel it was his team. Everyone knew it wasn't. I told you that's the key component. Tying yourself to a guy that has the best interest of the organization and delivers. That's why Hertz has just been paid $255 million. Tying yourself to a guy. That's why coaches. What's the most important thing for an NFL coach? What do you think it is? Having a quarterback. Your resume, Bill Belichick, is tied to that decision. Do you know the biggest decision in the history of Bill Belichick's career? Do you know what it was? Going back to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl after Drew Bledsoe got that contract extension and won the AFC Championship game in the first Super Bowl. That was the biggest decision that was made for him and his coaching legacy. Nah, I'm tying myself to Brady, not Bledsoe. Bledsoe had the equity in the building. He had the brand new contract. They gave him $18 million signing bonus. He tied himself to Brady. And then the rest is history. Morey ties himself to James Harden. And the rest is history. Dude, the great general managers in sports find that one centerpiece, tie themselves to it, they're loyal to him because they can't play the game. Their resume's tied to him. Look at, when you think of Daryl Morey now, you think of James Harden's failures. When I think of Howie Roseman, I think of Howie Roseman's decision-making. He moved off of Wentz and into Hertz and revamped the team and actually became a better general manager after he came out of the broom closet. Howie Roseman, it really, I mean, when you listen to an idiot like Daryl Morey talking today at a press conference, and then you realize how the general manager in the Novacare Center acts, you see the success and failures. It's unbelievable. An idiot can see the difference. I'm tying myself to a guy who's older, overpaid, shitty attitude, and whines and cries. You know, you guys gave me shit about defending Lamar Jackson for not wanting to play in the postseason. How can the Philadelphia 76ers tie themselves to a guy who cried and moaned and bitched in Houston and ate himself out of Houston because he wanted to take his bat and ball somewhere else. Talk about a loser mentality. That should have showed you every single thing you needed to know about him. You know why the NBA guy has more medal and more place in sports? Because they got guaranteed contracts. NFL players do not act like that. NFL players are blue-collar guys, NBA guys, entitled guys. And it's on display. Even the general managers bow and bend over to their superstars. You'd never see that in the NFL. Look at the Eagles, for instance. So the Philadelphia Eagles give Carson Wentz a contract extension. Huge money. 
one of the biggest contracts in the NFL. They took a gigantic shit on that guy two years later. They didn't care. And look at Daryl Morey. You signed that guy a year ago. You bring him in, you're not taking a shit out of his horrific performance and his horrific game seven, which he's known for shitting the bet on. And you look at Doc Rivers and you put the bullseye on Doc. That's a terrible organization. There's no accountability. And they'll never win. That team will never win. You don't have the corporate structure that the Eagles have. It'll never win. Okay? It'll never win. Hey, Twiz, this is a freaking sports show, guy. And it shows you why the NFL is king. Because these guys here and those general managers in the NFL, they don't get tied to one guy. Remember something what I told you. Okay? General managers in the NFL fall in like with their players, not in love with their players. They fall in like. Howie doesn't love anybody. He really likes Jalen. You may have to cut that guy one day. Oh, Twiz, I'm kidding, dog. Oh, by the way, one last thing. Joker's the best player on the planet. <laughs> Joel Embiid. <laughs> Sorry for laughing. Joel Embiid. <laughs> okay. I watched that guy last night play. I don't think so. And by the way, Rick Barry, who was on the program, is right. It's not close. Yeah, but Susie, I don't care. He's in the Western Conference Finals. And he puts a historic triple-double up. Shit like something like Jabbar and Wilt did. And this guy's got two of them now. I mean, it's he was absolutely spectacular last night. Watching that guy, I mean, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a seven-foot guy or a center, maybe Walton, um, maybe somebody like Sabonis, who is a better passer like that. I, 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 maybe maybe uh, Olajuwon. That guy was spectacular last night. He, he, he was spectacular. That joker was unbelievable, man. What a basketball player. There's not a chance in hell the Lakers win that series. No way. That guy plays like that. I mean, that thing looks, I, I, I don't know. All right. I want to get into some football now. Okay. I got to ask you a hard question here. And you know what? I, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to put your loyalty aside. When I ask this question to you here, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. Okay. It pains me, but. I have to put Joker over and bead right now. I know, man. It's crazy, huh? Big sales back in the 50s and 60s. My dad worked with three different Baltimore players. They had to work in the offseason because they didn't make the money back then. Blue collar roots for sure. Hey, Wheels. Um, my uncle, who's an NFL Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame player, owned a sports show, owned a sports um, store, and he had to have a job in the offseason too. And he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, true. <laughs> true. Okay? True. Absolutely. 
I want you guys to do me a favor. How many people in here hate the Cowboys? How many people here hate the Cowboys? Does everybody hate the Cowboys here? Okay. Does, that, does everybody here hate the Cowboys? You know, people always ask me, Sills, what was it like being there for a year and a half? I, yeah, it was cool. I, I, I didn't mind wearing the star, you know? I didn't mind it. It was okay. I thought I thought the star was pretty cool to wear, and I had it on my resume. It was all right. It was, it's, it's not a crowning achievement of mine, but it was okay. Starting for Coach Johnson in his first football game, yeah, that was cool. Probably so. You know, I was there when Jimmy started and Jerry and Stephen all started owning the team. Probably cool. Okay, fair enough. But I don't know, you know. It, it 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 doesn't rattle my cage like that. Now, maybe if I had been a star there, maybe it'd be different, like Michael Urban and such. Neutral. The Dallas Cow Turds. I hate the fans. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. How important was LeGarrette Blunt in the run to the Super Bowl championship for Philly in 17? How important was having him on that team that year, you think? I know Adai was on that team as well, right? How important was it having LeGarrette Blunt on that team? Callie goes, very. Wasn't he like more of a red zone guy? He He was like a red zone dude, right? He wasn't really the 20 to 20 guy. Once they got in the red zone, right? He became more of a focal point in how they utilized him, especially when the play calling, situational play calling came. LeGarrette Blunt was a major factor in how they moved the sticks when they were down in the red zone. Is that correct? Big man, good power. Blunt was a leader that year. Very important. Um, what's funny is Cowboy fans from Dallas even hate the Cowboy fans. <laughs> Cowboy fans are a different breed, man. They think their team's 13-3 and every year instead of saying this. Are you a Super Bowl team? You could be 13-3 and every year, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a Super Bowl contending team. Okay? And they haven't been a Super Bowl contending team in 30 years. Power back, Blunt. He was the red zone and four-minute guy. Kept the clocks going, right? Come on, big sales. Birds fans, do you hate? I, I, for real. Uh, actually, really. You're right. You're right. Well, let me throw this at you here. What a better way to aggravate your opponent and stick a dagger in their heart and use a player's emotion against him than signing Ezekiel Elliott as your red zone guy. Not your... Not your... Not your every down guy, but your situational guy. What did the running back coach for the Cowboys say? Or excuse me, he's now in Tampa, I think now, right? I think the Eagles should sign Ezekiel Elliott. Sway, wait. Don't you remember what happened with LeGarrette Blunt? He left New England. He didn't go to you first. He went to Pittsburgh. 
and he had an enormous meltdown there. I think he actually even quit because he hated what the Steelers were doing and how they were utilizing him. Penny, a red zone back. Wake me up when he plays five games. Then we'll have a conversation. Just do me a favor from now on when you talk about Rashad Penny. Wake me up after game five and let me know if he's still on the roster. Then then we'll have a conversation about him. Till then, he's not a factor. He may not make the ball club. I wouldn't have him on my team. I don't think he's worth it. Personally, he's a nothing burger. The only guy he got in the backfield right now that's worth the shit is DeAndre Swift. Doesn't DeAndre Swift and Zeke Elliott give you kind of what you had in 17? A power back and a versatile back. Isn't that the dimension you had? You're telling me you don't see the same correlation between DeAndre Swift and LeGarrette Blunt. And what a better way to get to Jerry and the Cowboys. To put a guy who's pissed off because they cut him at 28 years of age and let him walk out of the building for Tony Pollard. And a guy they drafted this year. Boston Scott, who? (laughs) Dude. Dude, I'm talking about football players here. Not decent players. I'm talking about football. And by the way, you're not asking him to carry the ball 20 times. You're asking him to carry the ball in the red zone. Zeke. Now, the big key would be, does Zeke know his role? Because Ezekiel Elliott is not a 20-carry guy anymore. He's not. If you gave Zeke Elliott, not on the Eagle line, any other team in the NFL, he's a 700-yard guy. Maybe three yards a carry, 3-2, 3-3, something like that. But you give Zeke Elliott the ball in the red zone? How many touchdowns? Hey, by the way, will somebody look it up? How many touchdowns did Elliott have last year? Just checking. I, I really don't know. How many touchdowns did Ezekiel Elliott have last year? Just because that's why I'm hiring him. I'm not hiring him to be an every down back. Wait a minute. Holy shit, Zeke had 12 touchdowns. On on a lesser offensive line, he had 12 touchdowns? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is even better. So wait a minute. Zeke had 12 touchdowns last year. And you wouldn't want him on the team because he wore the star. Don't be stupid and don't be, don't be a preschool guy here. Don't you see this is the best way to kick Dallas in their nuts? To bring one of Jerry's golden boys to you? He would want to produce against them. He knows the NFC East. Nah, I'll take Boston who? <laughs> I'll take Boston cream pie over Zeke, who had 12 TDs last year. (laughs) That's funny and dumb. Two things I've seen this week. Dumb athletes. Don't be a dumb fan. John Morant with his gun. This guy thinks he's in the Wild West. Hey, Ja, relax, dog. You're being suspended because you're dumb. Dude, Zeke, giant killer. (laughs) Dude, he's a dude. 
Boston's got stop it with that. He's he's okay. He's a good ball player. Let's end it there. Don't let me start going in on it. He's okay. And quite frankly, dude, you could put Mother Teresa behind that eagle line. And she's going to get five and a half yards of carry. <laughs> okay? You could put Aunt Betty behind that line and she's going to get five. And she's 70-some years old. She's going to get five and a half yards of carry. <laughs> Come on. So I think the Cowboys should sign Zeke Elliott, dump Rashad Penny. Then you would have DeAndre Swift as your 20 to 20 guy, catching footballs out of the backfield, creating a great screen game. And then you get Zeke to go in the red zone. He's a touchdown machine. How is that a bad idea? How is that a bad idea? Not resemble what you had in 17. How does that not resemble what you had in 17? Okay. Dalvin Cook, I'm not paying. By the way, wait a minute. I haven't even got to Dalvin yet. Dalvin Cook and the Cowboys, baby, that's happening. June 1, if Dalvin Cook gets cut by Minnesota and he's going to, he's going to Dallas. Dalvin Cook in that offense, the Cowboys close the gap on you. They're not better, and you're still better. By the way, we're going to look at the NFC East here in a second and what we've learned this offseason about every team as they get ready for camp in July. We're going to do that here in a minute. By the way, Philly 500, 530 Eastern time. We're going to talk to our boy. So you, you would not want to have a touchdown machine as your red zone. Who's your red zone guy now? Oh, wait, you don't have. Oh, Jalen. Jalen's your red zone back right now. Yeah, that's effective. <laughs> oh, man. You see, friends, the idea here is not to get that guy killed. He's a $50 million Bugatti now. Do you know what a Bugatti is? I know most of us in here drive Acura Legends. Okay? I know most of us are Acura drivers in here. You know, unlike Tone and Xander and them guys who drive them big Mercedes-Benz, me and you are more Acuras. You know, we're, we're Acura Legend guys and Nissan guys. Okay? Jalen Hurts is a Bugatti now. He's a Bugatti. <laughs> Tone's like, what are you talking about, dude? You kidding me? I got sunspots on my car just like you, Sills. <laughs> dude, I'm not taking shots at Acura. Are you kidding me, man? It's a great car. Unfortunately, it's not American, and I believe in buying American cars. But, hey, I got a Honda Pilot myself, so... I, I took a knee myself. <laughs> Bugatti. Yeah, that's what Jalen. So you want to get your Bugatti hurt in the knee. How in the world does that not make sense, bringing Zeke Elliott in? I'd like to see the Cowboys bring that guy in. Kind of put a little thorn right in Jerry's backside. Who's that guy wearing? Give him the same number, too. <laughs> Have him come in. Right? Have him come in and run touchdowns on Cowboys. Ooh, man. God forbid that guy turned out to be like LeGarrette Blunt and he was a machine in the red zone. Dude, you know what, too? Zeke Elliott could reinvent himself where everyone would want that. 
He needs to reinvent himself. He's not an every down back. And he's going through that transition right now. Dude, don't be Todd Gurley, where you think you're still a back and then you get run out of the league. You got to come to grips who you are. Hardest thing players have to deal with, watching their talents fade and then figuring out what a role is on a team. Ezekiel Elliott's a role player now, and he could be an effective role player. Egos, though, man, they sometimes just don't let you get there. Carmelo Anthony became a better role player later in his career after he had to go through that transition. Did he not? Dude, I thought he was a pretty good point scorer. What was that, last year even with the Lakers? He realized he was he was a guy coming off the bench. I think that's a tough transition for a lot of folks to have to deal with. Ezekiel Elliott and DeAndre Swift and your backfield. Hey, by the way, it's not like Zeke. I get Zeke's got a lot of miles on them tires. He is 28. You'd have two backs, not 30 years old, experience, and you wouldn't have to. Hey, by the way, the Eagles are really cheap at that position. It's not like they're, they can't cut bait with some of them dudes. It's the cheapest position on the field next to the linebackers. Probably safeties too. Isn't that crazy? All needs. And that's their cheapest spots. The cheapest spots on the team right now are backs, linebackers, and safeties. They're, 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 that's, that's where they save their money in their cap is in those three position rooms. They just don't buy into it for whatever reason. I still think you need to have dual back. If you don't have one signature back, I think you need dual backs. And they don't have dual backs. There's nobody in that backfield right now that's a screen guy. Well, now there is, DeAndre Swift. There's really no red zone back. Go get one and get rid of those other guys. Keep one of them, Gainwell probably, or Boston probably. I don't know. which. Whatever guy you flip a coin on, you can keep one of them guys. It's all good. The rest of them, you don't give a shit about it anyway. And don't fall in love with your players like Daryl Morey. Fall in like with them. Stop doing that. You see Sills, the name. Oh, I don't care about the guy's name on the back of the jersey in the NFL. Unlike the NBA, I could care less. Unless he's my quarterback. Remember, I got to tie myself to someone. It's Jalen. The rest of them, all interchangeable pieces. Act like an NFL general manager in here. Nobody gives a shit about the name on the back of the jerseys in the NFL. In the NBA, guys like Daryl Morey, entire careers are tied to him. Unlike Howie. Howie ain't tied to anybody. And if he finds out you can't carry his resume, you're out. Ask Wentz, who's unemployed right now and on the soup kitchen line. Ask him how fast that thing turned. This guy's got a hat and a bowl of soup in his hand. Carson Wentz is like, puts his top hat on and a cup of soup in his hand. Standing in line, getting his wick check. <laughs> Where am I, man? <laughs> Holy cow. I think those are yellow, purple, and blue. Those are my food stamps. <laughs> okay. I got food stamps and wick checks. That's who Carson Wentz is right now. Okay. How he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that, dude. GMs in the NFL, man. They'll move off your ass in a second. Look at the GM. And look at what they're doing in Green Bay. They moved off a four-time MVP because he was a pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, 
Welcome to the land of the no one gives a shit anymore. But guess what, dog? You're there now. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on now. Zeke Elliott. That's not a good look. I'd love to have him. All right. Let me roll into this. I wrote these notes down here. And this is my observation now of the NFC East. After trades, free agency, the NFL draft. This is my synopsis. If I was writing a report on all these teams in the NFC East, this would be my report on them. And I'm going to start with the Cowboys here. I'm going to go Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Washington Commanders. This is, this is again, I wrote cliff notes down here and how I think their off seasons have gone and what they have all done. And I kind of put them together and I thought about it last night because I do a lot of my stuff, you know, as I'm watching a game or I'm watching an NHL playoff game or NBA game. And I'll sit there and I'll put down some notes down. And see, to me, because they come to my mind and I, and I have a little notepad and I'll, I'll write little cliff notes to myself just to remind and then I'll organize it in the morning so I put together my synopsis of what the off seasons have been for these teams and I'm gonna start with the Cowboys here the Cowboys right now in my opinion have pushed all their chips in this year now unlike any other year because this is what they traditionally do the Cowboys right now are a win-now team. They're one of those win-now teams. And I think it has a lot to do with the owner, who's 80 years old. He's still trying to chase that one last brass ring to try to prove that he could do it without Jimmy. And that's where he is in his career. He wants one more opportunity to win a Super Bowl without Jimmy Johnson. Unfortunately, I do not believe that's going to happen. But he's pushed them all in. Um, they traded for Brandon Cooks. I think that's an upgrade. They put the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. Big money, actually, an investment. But then again, the Cowboys, unlike the Eagles, they believe in running the ball. They believe in running backs in Dallas. They don't believe in running backs in Philadelphia. Actually, you haven't really believed in the last 20 years in running backs outside of Brian Westbrook and Shady McCoy. In the last 23 years, those two guys probably are your only two gigantic investments you've ever had. You moved off a guy just now because you didn't want to pay him. And not that I thought you were wrong. Miles Sanders, one year. Miles, can I tell you this? If Miles Sanders had a couple of those years that he had this last year, I'd have brought him back for seven. But I don't believe he's that guy. I think he's a one-year wonder. I think he had a career year in his last year of his contract. And he hit the lotto. I want to see him do that in Carolina now. Dude, if he does that in Carolina, clearly it would have been a mistake for the Eagles not to give him the $7 million. But we'll see. And if they can't 
recoup that 1,300 yards rushing and his 11 touchdowns, then it will be a problem. Okay? I want to see him do it in Carolina. They, they got Stephon Gilmore and put him in the backfield. Like I said, are they better than the Cowboys, Diggs, and Gilmore? No, they're not. They're not better. But they closed the gap. Gilmore's a great player still. Well, let me back that up. I don't know a great player. He's a really good ball player still, I think. I think Stephon Gilmore is a good ball player. Really good ball player. Not a great one anymore. He used to be great. Former defensive player of the year. I don't think he's in his 19 form, but I don't think he's far off it. I do think the Eagles still have the best corners, but they're good now. They're they're good. Stephon Gilmore can play. Did they get enough help for Dak, though? Is it still a work in progress? Dak had a definite fallback year. He was injured, came back, was not the same. Unless he played against the Eagles, he just looked all over the place. The inconsistency week in and week out was there, and his decision-making really hurt. And and now you're going to go off of Kellen Moore. Does that mean that Mike McCarthy is going to be more conservative with the approach of Dak Prescott this season? See, I think that's what that means. I think because they realized this with Kellen Moore, who's now the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert. I think they want to be more conservative when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. I do. I think they want to be more conservative. What's that mean? I think they want to be more centric on running the ball and getting play action back, pass back into the offense. Play action almost became non-existent with the Cowboys last year. So to me, I think because Mike McCarthy has been given the reins back, I think it's going to be more of a conservative. What was the big bitch in Green Bay between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers thought that the offensive approach was too conservative. Well, that's not going to expand because that's not who Mike McCarthy is. Mike McCarthy is not a – he's not a risk-it-and-biscuit guy like Bruce Arians. He doesn't buy that. So to me, that means – that's why Dalvin Cook makes sense to me or Derrick Henry. That stuff kind of makes sense to me if they're going to be looking for a running back. I think June one's going to tell us a lot about that position in Dallas. Tony Pollard is a better version of DeAndre Swift. Okay? I think he's a better version of that. Now, I think Tony Pollard's a really good football player, and I think DeAndre Swift's an electric guy. It's not a diss. He's just been more productive. He's been asked to do more. He's been more healthier. I know he got hurt last year. I'm talking Pollard. Okay? So... Did they, and do they, have enough pieces on the board for Dak Prescott here? Yet to be determined. And the coaching and the play calling, will that be any kind of factor? You see, to me, with the head coach taking over, I think that's more in the hands of Dak now. You see, I think there's too many voices in Dak's ear right now. I think one of the greatest things that has to do with Jalen Hurts and how Jalen Hurts runs his offense, dude, there's not a lot of people in his ear telling him what to do and what to run. His decision-making and that RPO system, there's not a lot of voices in the room. What do you get when 
what do you what do you guys get when you don't have a lot of voices in your life? More clarity. Your approach is clearer because you don't have every single Tom, Dick, and Harry telling you, go here, go here. What did you see? The, too many voices in the room, in my opinion, clouds the opinion and clouds the direction of where you're going. That's why I think you have a lot of issues. You got Jerry Jones saying some bullshit. You had Keller Moore saying things. You had Mike McCarthy's input. Too many voices. I think you narrow it down when you have the head coach as a play caller. How many people do you think? I mean, do you think really Eric Bieniemy got in the way of Andy Reid making play calls in Kansas City? I mean, to me, Eric Bieniemy's role, you know what that was? In my opinion, in Kansas City, some of you may disagree. Hey, Eric, do me a favor. Go get me a cup of coffee. What do you actually think Eric Bieniemy was doing with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? That's why he doesn't have a head, head coaching job. Go get me a cup of coffee, dude. Andy Reid goes over and sits next to Mahomes. It's not the enemy. What'd you see? What are you, what are you, what are you reading? It's the enemy. And when the enemy and Mahomes got into a back and forth, it was Reid that stepped in. Don't worry about it. Patrick Mahomes is the second voice in that Kansas City offense. It wasn't Eric the enemy. Eric Bieniemy is the play caller. Yeah, sure. Really? So you think Eric Bieniemy was the play caller in the second half of that Super Bowl? He'd have been a head coach. Are you high? Are you crazy? Fly thinks that Eric, Eric Bieniemy, that second half was one of the best play calling second halves in Super Bowl history. And you think that was Eric Bieniemy? Okay. Yeah, right. That was Andy Reid, my friend. And do you know what they're hoping? Do you know what they're hoping? And Washington. Remember something. You don't actually think Andy Reid was the play caller in Green Bay when he was the offensive coordinator. When Brett Favre was up there, you actually think he was play calling for Mike Holmgren? He was the quarterback coach. Go get me a cup of coffee, Andy. You're hoping that rubs off. When Joe Philbin was up there, everyone goes, well, Reed got the job that way. He wasn't a play caller in Green Bay. He goes to Miami and shit the bed. Andy Reid wasn't the play caller in Green Bay when Favre was up there. It was Holmgren. They're hoping in Washington to validate that this guy is a good play caller. You're going to find out. The greatness of Sam Howell. Yeah, Andy was the quarterback coach in Green Bay. What's the freaking play caller? But they put OC on it so he could make some money and get a head job like he did in Philly. Eric Bieniemy was the play caller in the second half that beat you. Really? Okay. And that's why he made a lateral move. Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen got jobs, but Eric Bieniemy, who would have, in your opinion, Fly, had the greatest second half in Super Bowl history 
when it came to play calling, he gets a lateral job. Oh, because he's black probably, right? Okay. Maybe, I don't know. He's only been in Kansas City for a decade. You watch Matt Nagy get a job, though. I'll scream out loud if that happens. I think Nagy's now the OC in KC. You watch him get a job again. You watch. (laughs) So, overall, Dallas-wise, I think Dallas had – hey, you're not going to hear this from anybody else, but I think Dallas had a pretty good offseason. Um. Can they put it on the field now? See, Dallas is great at this right now. Dallas has put this all on paper and on a chalkboard. This is this looks good on a chalkboard. But when it comes to playtime, do they have the depth? I don't think Dallas has great depth on that team. I don't. I think Dallas has some good situational players. Is there a DB better than Diggs? See, I don't like Diggs. I think he gambles too much. He doesn't play in the structure of a defense. I would take Bradbury or Slay over him. I'm not a Diggs guy. Too much gambling. Gets beat on plus 25 plays a lot. I'm not a fan of that. Okay? Parsons, too inconsistent for me. Up and down. He's just too up and down. Early, kind of good. But he'll disappear. See, Michael Parsons will do this in the NFL. Three games, he's great. Five games, you don't see him. Two games, he's kind of there. One game... You were like, wow, next game, you don't see him. It's it's too like Seesaw. He's not a great con- – see, to me, Parsons is not – you know how we talk about elite quarterbacks? I don't believe Parsons – I think Parsons has elite talent. But would this be fair? Tone, do you guys think? I look at Michael Parsons. To me, he's the defensive version of Josh Allen. He's just the defensive version of Josh Allen. Michael Parsons. You see the elite talent, but it's got to be there every week making right decisions. And you've got to be an impact player every week. And he's not. Both guys. Allen's probably a little better, but both of those guys are just, you know, you got to be there every Sunday. So I think the Cowboys are good in a pretty good division. And it, get this, Dak has one more year on his contract. I'm expecting Dak Prescott to play pretty damn well this year. I am. I think Dak will play well this year. Let's get to the Giants now. <sighs> you, you, you know, hey, what's what's the general manager's name in New York now? Is it Shonen? Is that is that the guy's name they brought down from Buffalo? Is that his name? The guy, the um, assistant that they had up there uh, in Buffalo, is that his name, Sean, who's now the general manager in, in, in New York now? Is, is that his name? Joe Shane. Okay, that's it. That's what I meant. Okay. Joe Shane, thank you. Is it me? Joe Shane has now done something and pulled a Daryl Morey on the Giant fans and NFL people. Why would Joe Shane tie himself to Daniel Jones? You are the only people in the NFL and around the sports world that believe in Daniel Jones. Now, it's kind of a two-year contract, so they can bail on it. 
after two years. But Joe Schoen is the only guy, and he's tied himself like Daryl Morey has to James Harden. He's tied himself to Daniel Jones, who my assessment of him, he was better last year. He protected the ball more. He showed his versatility. But he's a cheap man's version of Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Is that good enough to win a Super Bowl? I, you know, I got to back that up because, remember, I tell you guys, is that good enough to win the NFC East? Man, I don't think so. They're all in on him. And I just think it's a gamble that's not the right gamble. I think the Giants have gambled on the wrong guy. Now, here's something that I'll tell you that I think they did that's right. I don't think they should have drafted a quarterback this year because I think the quarterback group sucks. And I think they're right. I think next year's group is probably better. I do. And you could draft a guy and bail because the guy will be on a rookie contract and you can bail really after two. It's really kind of a two-year deal that this guy Jones has. So you could kind of you could kind of get out of that contract. Yeah, I think that the, the Giants are in a tough place. They're the last two draft classes, in my opinion, have been shitty. You got one that's coming up that looks halfway decent. So I think the Giants are hedging their bets that this guy's going to continue to improve under Brian Dable. And they're going to see more improvement. You know, they got Waller from Las Vegas. I like to see DeAndre Hopkins in the room. Something like that. Give the guy an opportunity to see if this guy can actually elevate his game. Maybe what I would also do is try to run more of an offense like they have in Philadelphia for him. Okay? I just, the Giants are gambling on a player that I look at and go, really? Daniel Jones. How, if you put Daniel Jones on the market today and you allowed him to do what Lamar Jackson did, how many teams do you think would have been interested in Daniel Jones at the 35 to $40 million price that the Giants paid him. How many teams? Man, it just seems that the Giants outbid themselves and they were bidding against themselves. I don't get it. I don't see it. I just, I mean, I need to see more. Man, you know what? Guys, I'll tell you this before we move to the Eagles here. I'll tell you this. You know how I say that Jalen Hurts has to show me a little more against these elite quarterbacks this year? Holy shit. You talk about a guy one year? I mean, Daniel Jones had like five games where I went were good. Hurts was consistent the entire year. And the only reason he wasn't consistent, to be fair, at the end of the season is because he was banged up. But that guy was healthy in some games. He was a non-factor in many. I just don't see it. I think the Giants are like the Sixers. They're gambling on the wrong dude. Eagles. We're looking at the NFC East, and I'm giving you my synopsis of all the teams in the East right now. I would say this proclamation on May 17th. You, and, and 
agree or disagree with me on this. Are there better here? Let's let's phrase it this way first as I'm talking Eagles now. Are there better rosters in the NFL than the 49ers and the Eagles? Are there better rosters? Does KC have a better roster? Start with champs. No. Um, Cincinnati, kind of close. You know, Cincinnati's defense is very underrated, especially at the edges. Buffalo? It's a good roster. The Chargers, they got a good roster too. The Jets, they're top 10. Detroit, got a really good roster. Unproven though, but a good roster. A lot of young talent there. But again, better than the Niners, and better than the Eagles. Eagles and Niners have the best rosters in the NFL. I think that's clear. If you were to if you were to put them and rank them, depending on what your appetite is, I think 49ers and Eagles, most people with common sense would put one or the other there and probably put the Eagles ahead because the quarterback situation hasn't been resolved in San Francisco. And so probably Philly, you'd put them above. So if the Eagles have the best roster in the NFL, they clearly have the best roster in the NFC East. Howie has brought back a lot of guys. It's kind of like a rolling it back again. Okay, he has. He's got his corners back. Um, I didn't think, I'm being, I'm giving you my synopsis on all the teams. Now, hey, I think he's done a great job, but here's what he has. And there's a difference. This is not an indictment. This is what he has. I think Slay's getting long in the tooth. I think Bradbury found a home. I think Brandon Graham will walk it back a little bit. You're playing better teams, better quarterbacks, better, better football players. Fine ball player, little long in the tooth. Fletcher, he's probably right there. Fletcher Cox is probably making the turn on the back nine now. But that's okay. I think he's still got some. I thought he was really decent at the end of the season last year. I did. He may have been the best defensive tackle the Eagles had last year. Um, and I mean that because he could play the run. Hartgrave couldn't play the run. Hargrave wasn't really good against the run. Um, edge rusher, you figure it out. The Rubik's Cube, as I like to say, with Hassan Reddick. You drafted a lot of players that are going to be interesting to see how the new coordinator puts them all together. The offense for Philly, um, there's no question, is a spectacular offense, very cheap at the offense. If position of running back, though, they went cheap again, as they always do. And quite frankly, the Eagles have gone cheap at three key positions and three key positions that they're light in, linebacker, running back, and safety. Now, they did spend equity in the draft at safety. Okay? 
And they made a trade to get a really good football player in DeAndre Swift. So there was some equity spent. But if you really look at all three positions, they did nothing really to upgrade it. Okay? I mean, we got to see if Swift can really be implemented into the offense and how they're going to use him. RPO's not that easy. Just Hey, you ever notice? You don't see a bunch of guys having big-time offensive games in Philadelphia. You, have, you see AJ with a huge game. You see Devontae with a huge game. You see Goddard with a huge game. There's a, there's a reason for that. Jalen doesn't spread the ball out like that. Not like Mahomes does. Shit, I watched a game last year where Mahomes had 13 different pass catchers catch the football. Hurts is never going to have that. You're never going to have a game where 13 different guys catch the football. That's, that's not going to happen in an RPO offense. Okay? That's not going to happen. So it's what, remember, remember even Devontae Smith will go like this. Hey, one week it's me, one week it's AJ, one week it's Goddard. All the players in Philadelphia know that. They say that every week, right? The Eagles have definitely divided into a bargain bin and safety and running back, but you mentioned the low risk, high reward moves, I would say. Okay. Low risk, high reward. End of the day, it's cheap. And that's how they operate those positions. Yeah, that's the mod. Okay, here I'll, I'll I'll change it up because to tie that into what Tone said, that's the mantra of how they operated those positions for the last twenty three years. Would you not say? Low risk, high reward. Right, they're cheap there. They don't spend the money, nor do they want to. Nor do they spend the draft equity. Now, they did this year with Brown. I think Brown in the third round. Third round's a high pick. The linebackers are horrible. As of today, you don't know shit about them. Okay? The linebacker position's horrible. I won't call the players horrible, but you don't know shit about it. Nobody, hey, I know that's a tackle position, a defensive tackle position. I see guys at the defensive tackle led by Fletcher. I'm good with that. I see the edge rushers, and I see Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and Brandon Graham. Pretty good with that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty solid to say that those guys are going to be productive. I'm pretty solid to say that the corners are going to be pretty productive this year. Your linebacking core, you don't know shit about it. No idea what you got there. That's not something. How would you like to go into a position not knowing who your quarterback is, like many teams do every year? Based off the newly added personnel, what do you predict the defensive scheme will be? And what will be the highlight of the highlight players? I like that. Hey, Tone, I'm going to do that at the top because I want to finish up here. I like that. We're going to do a little bit of that, and I got a topic, too, for one of the players on defense. I think the Eagles have the best roster in the NFL. May 17th, they do. It's the best roster. I said this last – this is two years in a – hey, this is two years in a row I believe you have the best roster. Washington. Here's another guy. Watch this, guys. 
So Ron Rivera is going to tie himself to Sam Howell. Welcome to the Daryl Morey Club. You're going to tie yourself to Sam Howell. Shows you again, the only guy he's ever really tied himself to that was good was Cam Newton. He's going to tie himself to another stiff. Because he played good against Dallas. You got Jacoby Brissett. Kind of has your safety belt. Terry McLaurin. You got some pieces. Defensively too. You got some fine pieces. But Ron Rivera's tying himself. To Washington. Or to. Sam Howell. Really? Sam Howell. Good luck. Washington's a six win team. Sam Howell. Shows he looked good in the Cowboy game. Shit. Okay, well, let's use Eagle fans' mentality. I know Dak beats us up, but what's Dak do against the Saints? (laughs) I mean, that guy can't beat Tyson Hill. But he can beat the Eagles. And there lies the problem with Dak. Dak gets beat by Tyson Hill. But beats the Eagles. It's not the guy I want as my quarterback. I beat the Eagles one week and lose to Tyson Hill scoring seven points. I don't know. (laughs) So the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC East. Eagles have the best roster in the East and probably in the NFL as well. Okay. Probably in the NFL as well. I like Tone's question here. I also got a comment to make. Another topic to hit on here. Don't forget, 5.30, we're going to have our friend Philly 500 with us. And Tone really has a great question here. As of today, based off the newly added personnel, what do you predict the defensive scheme will be and who will highlight in that scheme? We're going to hit on that. Bunch of stuff. Again, Philly 500 in hour number three. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. National Football Show, please hit the like button. Don't forget Philly 500 in hour number three at 530 Eastern. You know, as the NBA playoffs are going on, let me throw this at you here. I think the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia Eagles have the same kind of culture in their building. I would make that comparison. Do you guys agree? Heat and Eagles, the same. Really doesn't matter who the stars are. There's a culture in the building. Because there's one GM, Pat Riley, Howie Roseman, and the owner. Mickey Aronson owns the Heat. Jeffrey Lurie owns the Eagles. It's the same kind of culture. No matter who's there, no matter what's said, management is the king and essential part to winning at those two places. Doesn't matter if you're an eight seed, one seed, whatever seed. You're going to win there. And they they hire and identify winners. Sills, you're an Eagle hater. Last year, before training camp, he said the Eagles will be in a Super Bowl. We fans need to give you credit for your takes. Thank you, JP. Okay? Thank you. I, and I, I think they're doing the same thing. That's why I just said, <laughs> Tony, Okay, hey, look here. Tom, thanks. I appreciate it. I was the first one to say the Eagles were going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, look, I think it's a little bit by default. But the contract also, I think you have an opportunity to go to the – here, I'll make you something else, JP, about your Eagle organization. I think the Eagles are going to be – I thought the Eagles would have a one-year Super Bowl window. I think now with the way that they structured that contract for Hurts – Long as he doesn't get hurt, dual threat. You probably got a five-year window here, four-year window. You probably got a four-year window, probably four years. Because, again, I want to see what he does this year, too, against these elite guys. I would say you probably got a four-year window in here where you're going to – hey, I think the guys up in Buffalo have a long window. 
long as they keep that guy upright and healthy, I think Buffalo's got a long one. I think Cincinnati's going to have a long one. Kansas City obviously has a long one. Is there any other place? There's very few places that have these Super Bowl windows. The Vegas Raiders realized that they didn't have a Super Bowl window. What'd they do? They moved off of Derek Carr as fast as they can. Thank you, Tony. It's, I'm not sure that's a compliment. I feel like Maverick right now. Your reputation, your reputation precedes you. Well, thank you, sir. That wasn't a compliment. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I would say that the Heat. Look at look at the culture that Pat Riley has. Look at the culture he has there, right? Top Gun Maverick, spectacular. Absolutely. Academy Award winner. One of my favorites. Absolutely love that. Um, look at Riley, though. You know what was crazy? After Jerry West left Los Angeles, why wouldn't you have begged Pat Riley to go to L.A. when Dr. Buss died and have him run that thing? Why? Egoed, kids. Look at Riley, man. He's such a stud. What a great executive. What a great culture builder. Eagles in heat? Does it matter? Eagles in heat look like the same organizations. They believe in hiring right people, winners. Look at, look at who Riley brings. So you get a guy like Chris Bosh, who's in Toronto, 25-point guy. You convince him to score 17 points a game. You want to win a title? Or do you want to score points that don't matter? Do you want to be Kirk Cousins? Or do you want to be James Worthy? Can you imagine he's saying that to a guy like Chris Bosh? Again, this applies to all sports. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you Howie Roseman was telling James Bradbury, come here, you're going to get paid here, or you're going to get paid somewhere else. But you're going to get paid. Because we're going to win. It's the same kind of culture. Hey, you may get, you may not get, hey, CJ, you may get paid here. You may not, but you're going to get paid. It's a winning culture. No matter what happens to the player, you win. Do you see that? No matter what happens, you win either here or there. Why do you think people like Jonathan Gannon and Gardner Johnson are throwing shade at the Eagles in Detroit and Arizona. Why do you think they're doing that? Because they miss the culture. They miss the culture. They miss showing up to work every day at the NovaCare Center. That's what they miss. Dude, their paychecks come every Tuesday like every NFL guy. But what's the difference? You walk into Detroit's, you have a ton of unknown. You go into Arizona, you got a ton of shit. You walk into Philly, you got a ton of direction. That's what you got. Same thing when you walk. I mean, Pat Riley's going, you want to be James Worthy? Or do you want to be a dude that scores a lot of points that don't matter? What do you want? By the way, let me take my satchel out and pour all my championship rings just so you know I know what the fuck I'm talking about. They just keep falling out like leaves off a tree. 
Pat Riley can, has that satchel. I've seen that satchel too. Okay, it's red. He he pours it on his desk. Big old towel on her. All oh, these championship rings. I asked him to do it for me once. He pours it out. These rings just keep falling out. Just they're everywhere, man. He's got a couple as a player, I think a broadcaster, and of course what he did with Showtime and then the titles that he got with LeBron and with Shaq. They keep falling out. I'm going, that's unbelievable. Riley's got a massive collection of champ. I go, where's your conference champion? He goes, I don't have conference championship rings, kid. <laughs> I only have world champion rings. There are just a ton of them. I've never seen a, a bigger collection in my life. Sitting in front of Pat Riley's desk, watching him empty his satchel. Although I go, is this what you did to LeBron? He goes, oh, yeah, I had him come down. He's sitting across from me. He goes, what can you, how can you help me get to where I want? He just took the satchel. I started pouring it. And he poured it on his desk. He goes, why don't you try one of them on? <laughs> how, hey, tell me that's not a goat move. Hey, why don't you try one of them on? Like you're a little kid. This is LeBron James he was talking to. Hey, why don't you try one of them on? What you wear it for a little bit? LeBron's <laughs> like, it's all right, man. <laughs> you imagine doing that, man, to a guy, a player of LeBron's statue? And this guy's here going, why don't you try one of them ring on, rings on, young man? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's what the Eagles offer you, too. Honestly, that's what the Eagles offer you, man. Dude, one of my favorite – hey, hey, Tone, one of my favorite lines of all time. Seriously, and I'm sorry, I know some of you – I'm going to get to the topics here. We're going to reset here in a second. Pat, what'd you tell the team in Boston in game seven when, when your guys were down five with two minutes left? What was on that chalkboard, man? It was like some huge play, right? He goes, yeah, I wrote this down. Will. What do you mean, Will? He goes, Will. You gotta have the will to win this now. This ain't about pick and roll. This ain't about dunks. This is about will. There's no play right now for two minutes left in the Boston Garden. The Celtics never been closed out at the Garden. It's will. These guys look at him. And I'm going like, that's awesome. Those are moments you remember, like you guys remember the Philly special. Okay, let's run it. I'm sorry I'm a goober for that shit. Because that's in the moment. You're in the moment. Joshua, go, who's Will? Not a shocker, Joshua. Not everybody knows what Will is. It's okay. Big Seals will help you what Will is. One day you'll figure out who Will is. And maybe you'll see it being displayed with your favorite sports team one day. The will in the final two minutes to win something. You'll see it one day, Will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. There's always a moment where Will jumps in. And you have to have Will. I got it, Joshua. So was mine a joke. Don't get butt hurt. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'll take that back. Don't get Philly hurt. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. 
Name goes, hey, Will is Jalen Hurts' middle name. There we go. Now we're getting it there. Come on, Joshua. Come on now. Will Sills ever shout? <laughs> no. No, I will not. Stand on what you said, Josh. <laughs> Shut up, fly. Kiss my ass. I could care less about owning the Giants in the regular season. Last 10 years, Eagles about playoffs. Dak is just regular season, dude. True. Absolutely. Yeah, Joshua, one day you'll you'll figure out what Will is. You'll 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 understand it. I would have thought a guy like you from Philly would have known that. But hey, you know, you must be one of them cream puffs that hang out there with picket signs and protest signs. It's all good, dog. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding, man. Hey, I have a right. I love those guys. Every time I see somebody with a picket sign, man, unless you're a union worker, you should never have a picket sign in your hand. Fighting for your benefits and shit. Unless you have a sign like that, do me a favor. Don't hold picket signs. We have a right to hold a gun. <laughs> okay. Get out of my way, man. You're blocking the highway. <laughs> oh, man. So it's why do people forget that Shanahan is one of the biggest chokers and worst play callers in postseason history? Because they don't want to remember that. Okay? They don't want to remember that. That's why. That's why. They don't want to. They'd rather hear the narrative that Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. Well, shit, man. Jason Garrett had a good record in the postseason. How much better is Kyle Shanahan than Jason Garrett? Maybe a little? Because he got to a Super Bowl? Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, do you think do you think Kyle Shanahan is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh was in San Francisco? I don't know. I might take Jim Harbaugh. Okay? I might take Jim Harbaugh. I mean, Kyle Shanahan? I love Tone's comments all the time about that. Hey, dude, this guy puts his name on the test, hands it in, gets an F on the test, and says he passed. (laughs) It's not passing, guy. See, Kyle Shanahan takes the uh, law exam or the bar. He fails the bar and calls himself a lawyer. Why... How do you call yourself a lawyer? Well, I took the bar. (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't pass it. No, but I took it. No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) I mean, if I got to have you defend my team with two minutes left in the game, and and you're the guy I have to have go out there in front of people, and you failed the test, why would I put you out there? Well, because I took the test. (laughs) That may work over there, but that ain't working out here. Not in my huddle. Get the <laughs> yeah. mm. get it now. See, I don't want guys who took the test in my huddle. I want the guys who passed the test in my huddle. Jason Kelsey, has he passed the test? Yeah. Has Lane Johnson? Yes. Has 
Brandon Graham, Fletcher. See, there's a core group of dudes in that Philly building that have passed the exam that are going to pass cheat sheets down to Jalen Carter, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, all these guys. See, they got the cheat sheets. They got the books with all the cliff notes in it. Oh, that's how you do it. Oh, we got to practice the little things. Ah, something we didn't do in Tennessee. Understood. Got it. Yeah, okay. I see it. Yeah, that's why you got guys like that in the building. Because they give you the cliff notes. They give you the cheat sheet. They help you out on, man, how do I become a champion? Well, I got that page for you here. It's page 12. Why is it page 12 and not page one? Well, the first 11 help you get to page 12. Without the first 11, you don't have a page 12. That's why. Do you want to know how to, you have to start at the first starting block, like a race. See, most players want to get to page 12. No, no. There's 11 pages to get there. And there's a few dudes in the building in Philly that have that. Right? Today's kids want to have page 12 right away. Give me page 12. No, you don't get page 12. Till you show me you understand page one. Okay, Mr. Miyagi. I like that. Shine on, shine off. Hmm. Maybe there's something to that name. John Wooden told me years ago, he used to start his practice with this bullshit. I never got it. God rest you, coach. He used to send kids' books to my daughter every year, a collection of them. She wrote in them. She wrote designs in them. John Wooden sent her books. Anyway. Coach, how'd you start your practice? Well, one sock on, another sock on, tire shoe, tire shoe. Come again? Guy won 10 titles in 12 years. Would you do? He goes, yeah, we started to practice off of putting our socks and shoes on. I was like, why? He goes, well, if we can't put our socks and shoes on as a team, how the hell can we run pick and roll? How the hell can we do anything together when you can't do the littlest things in life? I thought about it, and I was like, hmm. And everyone's always like, well, you know, John Wooden won championships with Luau Cinder and Bill Walton. He, I go, yeah, you know, he won five without him. <laughs> Just remember that. Wooden won five without him, too. Okay? He won five titles without them dudes. So, I mean, yeah, I get it. Luau Cinder won three and Walton won two. But there were five others without them guys. So, I mean, I don't know. what It wasn't just those two guys in that dynasty. And how Coach Wooden put teams together. Okay? Man, stop talking about Brock Turdy like that. You're going to hurt the Niner guys' feelings. Come on, man. Brock Turdy? You know he's got to heal. I had a great bunch of chicken wings last night, too. I mean, you know, you put a chicken wing with some ranch sauce or Hassan sauce. And you put that Hassan sauce on that turdy wing, I'm telling you, man, extra spicy, and it is good. Oh, I mean it. I had these turdy wings last night. 
I could put on the blue cheese or the ranch. I was debating last night. So when I when I when I dipped the 30 wing into the like into the blue cheese, I was like, that's a little tangy. But see, I did what Kyle Shanahan did. I said, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go and put the same 30 wing, but this time I'll do it in the ranch. Wasn't quite as good when I went back in the game. Or excuse me, in my mouth. So I was more there with that. So the 30 wings, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I had a pass on the 30 wings. They were a little too extra cooked. See, some that's the worst thing you can do with a 30 wing is overcook it. Because if you overcook a 30 wing, like, see, Kyle's not a very good cook. He overcooks his wings. <laughs> I'm stupid, ain't I? <laughs> oh, man. Swago Sills. Does it hit different sills? Oh, yeah, you bet. Around 2.30 at night. <laughs> Those turdy wings don't sit well, man. Okay? Those turdy wings around 2.30 at night? Holy shit. You get some uh, troubles there at night. You're like a tugboat. <laughs> Not a good look. Where in the world am I right now? <laughs> Yeah. All right. I want to get to Tone's topic here in a second. The Hassan hot sauce. Good with everything. Seriously. Good with everything. Especially on a Zach Martin pancake. Go <laughs> uh, stop it here. Hey, we guys, do me a favor. Just make sure you're okay with Dumbo Samuel and uh, Brock Turdy. Leave him alone. These guys are all right, man. Settle down, pork chop. Pork chop's the toughest meat to cook, man. Always dry. People always overcook pork chops. Low flame, it's good. All right. Before I get to Tone's topic here, um, Sills needs some new content. I get it every week by watching Brock Purdy open his mouth. I get it every day. You kidding me? The 49ers are awesome and relentless on personnel. Here, here do, do you really, really? I got, I got a whole bunch of 49er um, content if you want. Do, do, do you want to hear some 49er content? So you pay $20 million for defensive tackle. Yeah, that'll work. Whew, wow. Mm. Yeah, I might want to get a veteran quarterback who actually is not Sam Darnold. So Sam Darnold is now all of a sudden Clark. Do you know who Sam Darnold is? He's Clark Kent without the cape. <laughs> He's Clark Kent without the cape. He's Clark Kent. <laughs> okay? And you got Kyle Shanahan going, this guy, don't you see? I think I saw what I thought he was Lou Holtz talking. I've never seen anything like it in my entire This guy's unbelievable. So you should see Sam Darnold. Sam, da I go, Sam Darnold Jets? Sam Darnold Carolina? Sam Darnold USC? This guy's a bad You should say I'm in the Bay Area. Holy cow, man. Unbelievable. We took him over to Haight-Ashbury. We dropped some uh, angel dust on him or some zen dust on him. This guy's a bad guy. I didn't ever see anything. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> Are you trying to hypnotize football fans into thinking that stiff is a good player? Come on, man. 
wait a minute, Niner, are you trying to really, are you trying to, are you trying to hypnotize fans into thinking that Sam Darnold's good? Well, Dan, Sam Darnold is elite. This is the Kyle Shanahan spell. This is, I'm, being, I'm being hypnotized by Kyle. But then someone goes, 28 nothing. Oh, okay, I snap back out of it. <laughs> I snap back out of it. And when someone goes like this, I'm getting hypnotized by Kyle. Sam Darnold. Then Howie goes like this, 28 nothing. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Content? The 49ers are king of content. Okay? Do me, hey, Niner, you want to go back to winning? Get Mr. D back in the building. Get the sister out of there. Get the Yorks out of the room. You haven't done shit since Eddie D was in the building. Go get Eddie D again. He's in the NFL Hall of Fame. Go get him and put him back in the building. Okay? You want to win? See, you got the curse of Ed DeBartolo now going on. You ain't winning shit. You, Eddie D. You ran Eddie D out. The guy won five titles in 12 years, and they ran him out of the building because he had some sort of riverboat issue with the NFL, didn't like it. Now gambling's a major part of it. They put his ass in the Hall of Fame, but the sister still runs it with the, with the brother-in-law or whatever it is to um, son-in-law. And the 49ers are not the same organization. Come on, man. All right. Let's get back to the Eagles here. I'm tired of shitting on them. Too easy. Brock Tardy. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, man. You guys are in the, in, the, in the woods here with this Trey Lance guy. Good luck with him. Hey, seriously, the Olympics are coming up. Maybe he can be in the decathlon because he ain't going to be in the Super Bowl. That guy's not going to be in the Super Bowl. Okay, we'll see. Hey, if my guy wouldn't have got hurt, we would have beat the Eagles in the NFC title game. I don't know. I, I don't know about that. We would have had a better chance. I was like, wet my tear away. <laughs> hey, man, I feel for you, Niner guy. Wait a minute. I feel for you. I'm really sorry your guy got destroyed by Hassan Red. <laughs> um, it's terrible. And you and Dumbo and everyone crying about that shit. You talk about an organization that cries. I've never seen an organization cry more. We didn't get our chance. It's not fair. Because that's not coming. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming out of your nose. <laughs> I'm sorry. We didn't get a chance, and it's not fair. <laughs> uh, how about the Eagles when the Eagles lost Wentz? Do you think they thought it wasn't fair? What'd they put? They put a substitute teacher in. He went out there and kicked the shit out of the goat. Come on, dog. 
You got to step up. You weren't prepared even with your second team guy. Shit, if you're going to run anybody out there, you should have ran Garoppolo out there. Josh Johnson and... Uh, come on, man. Look, uh, hey, doing this to Niner guy, it's too easy. I, I, I don't want to sit here and shit all over people. It's too easy. All right. Speaking of shitting on someone, what's your biggest concern of a one pl- one player heading into the July camp with the Eagles? One player. One player that you're concerned about heading into the July training camp. One guy. Who is he? One guy. Morrow. Hmm. You guys are right. Jacoby Dean. He's my biggest concern. You guys are right. Yell says Carter. Okay. That's more so kind of like off the field, maybe. Could be some on the field. Morrow isn't even guaranteed to make the team. What I forget who said it. But someone said he didn't get one cent of guaranteed money. I think Gary Cobb said that. He didn't get one cent of guaranteed money. By the way, next week, I think Tuesday, Seth Joyner's joining us. So Seth's going to step in with us. We're going to talk to him about everything that he's seen so far this um, offseason. So Seth is in Nashville at his speaking engagement, or he would have done it today, but he's coming on next week with us. So we're going to talk to him. That'll be next week. Um, Man, it is N'Kobe Dean for me. Do you know the problem? Here, let me give you my fair assessment of him. And this is my evaluate. If somebody said, Sills, put down a little small synopsis of what you think of this player. One year into his pro career, give me a N'Kobe Dean synopsis on what you think of him. I would say this. Undersized. Um seems to have a lot of knowledge of the game. Doesn't really make a lot of false steps in the limited action that I saw him. I saw a few, but not enough to make me think that he doesn't understand fits. My question will be durability. And I think that leads to health. I haven't seen him enough to cover backs out of the backfield or tight ends. I don't think... See, to me, I, I believe that N'Kobe Dean is an absolute mismatch in today's NFL when it comes to covering tight ends. It's a physical mismatch. He's a little dude. That guy's not covering Travis Kelsey. That's not happening. So you're limited there in how – like, here, here would be something that I would say on him. I don't know he's a three-down linebacker. Now, if you're going to play him, you know, this goes into what Tone asked me. This goes into what Tone asked me. As of today, based off the newly added personnel, what do you predict the defensive scheme will be and who will be in the highlight of players? I think this goes right into this and how you look at Dean. Dean might be actually the centerpiece of this whole thing. Are you going to play him inside or outside? 
Because if you play him outside, he's got to cover backs, wide side of the field, tight ends. And I think he's limited just in his physical presence. Like, N'Kobe Dean's not covering Dallas Goddard. He, he's not covering him. That is absolutely not happening. A 6'6 guy versus a 6-foot guy, 205 pounds versus 275. Dude, you're not covering that man. I don't care what kind of athlete you are. Physically, you can't cover that guy. And with the tight end, you're not covering Travis Kelsey. He'll eat you up. And Kansas City would probably <clears throat> isolate him. Dean, dude, it's, if I was Patrick Mahomes and I saw Nicobe Dean on Travis Kelsey, I'd go there every play. Because there's not a chance in hell he's covering him. There's not a chance. Okay? Here's where and how I would play him, though. And this goes into what Tone asked. With the limited linebackers that you do have, and until June 1, they may go out and they may find a guy. They may put a guy in there. They may find maybe C.J. Mosley gets released. Okay? They may do that. Yeah, but Yale, he can't cover the guy in Baltimore either. I mean, he can't cover those guys. I'm not sure he could cover the guy in Miami or Dallas. He's a little dude. So this is how I would, this is why, how I would play on the, uh, on, on him. I'd play him more and I would come up with a scheme. This is something here where Jonathan Gannon could not come up with. You got to play him kind of like a Tampa two guy. You got to play him more like a Tampa two. What does that mean when you're playing a Tampa two linebacker? You got to play him more off the ball. You got to have him deeper, take deeper drops. Derek Brooks wasn't the biggest guy. Now Derek's a little bigger, six two. I think when Brooks came out of Florida State, he may have been six one, six two, two oh five. He was a little dude too. And so. Tony Dungy and Mike Tomlin. Um, who's the other guy that was in the building in there? Lovey. And there was one more guy, the old Arizona State coach. All those guys were the defensive coaches. Who's the Arizona State guy? Herm Edwards. All those guys were on the Buck staff when they were coming up with this Tampa 2 scheme. And Monty Kiffin was the D-line front seven coach. Okay. They had undersized linebackers too. I can't remember that kid's name. He, I think he works in the Bucks personnel now. He's a former Georgia linebacker. He was a little Gino. Oh, he may have passed away here recently. What was that guy's name? Gino. Gino played at Georgia. He was another kind of guy that was an undersized guy. But what they did was they dropped these guys deeper because they knew that they needed more help in covering those tight ends. So what did they do? How did they cover great tight ends like Novacek and those guys? They let them get their catches. But what they didn't let them do, they didn't let them become game breakers. Okay? Geno Hayes, that's it. They had Geno Hayes and um, uh, Derek Brooks. These are undersized backers. Really, 
I mean, the guy who was their big center fielder was was uh, John Lynch. That's the key to having a guy like Kobe on your team. There's two things that have to happen. The D tackles in front have to play great. Got to stop the run. Keep those guys off those undersized backers. That's why it's essential this year to make sure the Eagles stop the run. More so than even a year ago because Edwards could take on the big power game. He could take that on. He wasn't great in covering tight ends. That's why there was always a hole. The key to this is going to be, can that kid Brown that they drafted turn into a headhunter like John Lynch? Because you're going to have to drop N'Kobe Dean, and Dean's going to have, Dean can't get up in a guy's face like Kelsey or Goddard or any of the big tight ends in the NFL that make, and the tight end position is becoming a key component on moving the sticks. He's not going to line up over him and cover him. So you got to do what they did in Tampa, keep everything under. Why do you think Raheem Morris is such a good coordinator with the Rams? They don't have linebackers in there. They keep everything underneath them. That's why when Jalen Ramsey was getting beat deep, it went against the entire Tampa 2 philosophy. I think Sean Desai, in my opinion, has to run a variation of that Tampa 2. You got the corners to do it. You got the corners. The Bucs had the corners of Rondé and them guys. Look at the components that they had in Tampa. They had corn. And look, I'm not saying you're going to have the Bucs defense, and I'm not saying anybody in NFL will ever have a team like the Ravens or the Bucs defense. I'm not saying that, but a philosophy has to be there. They had the corners. They had one hard-hitting safety. They had backers that could cover backs and tight ends, and they had a front seven that got after people. That's the same philosophy Philly had last year. You had linebackers that could play to run. You had you were limited at safety. That's why the good quarterbacks beat you and your corners limited big play. You know, one of the things that the Eagles did really exceptionally well last year, the Eagles limited big, even in the Super Bowl, there weren't big plays against that secondary, not deep plus 25. I can't remember like the Eagles getting beat on a plus 25 play. They keep everything underneath them. They got crushed in the Super Bowl in the second half on crossing routes. Getting confused. Gannon playing man all of a sudden. Instead of playing the zone that he played all year, guys were running in because they were trying to pass off wideouts. You didn't have the personnel to pass off wideouts. Why? Because your backers can't cover. Okay? Your backs can't cover. So to me, with the side, if you're going to put N'Kobe Dean at the mic, you can't put him out wide. He can't play like a weak side or a strong side. He just can't. You can't have him out there in space. He'll get beat every play. He's too small. So how do you compensate for that? Put him at the mic, drop him deep, keep him more inside, and make sure your D tackles are playing lights out. If your defensive tackles – here, if your defensive tackles are getting knocked off the ball, the Kobe Dean will look like a bust because he's not taking Landon Dickerson on or Zach Martin. They'll run his ass over. That's not going to work. He's not physically built to last. It's not ability. It's durability. He had a durability question coming out of Georgia with the shoulder. This is not a talent issue on him. It's worth See, here's something, though, you got to really give the Eagles credit for, and I'm going to. 
They figured out Hassan Reddick. I'm assuming they're going to figure out how to get him on the field and put him in a winning position. See, you just can't put... I, I, I love when I hear idiots talking about, Dean's going to play great. He's At what position? If you're telling me you're going to play him as a mic, then you got to do some different things inside there, inside the mic. If you're going to play him as Will or as a Sam Backer, not a chance. Not a chance of succeeding. Not a chance. It's not because he's not good. It's he's not physically big enough. These running backs, dude, Derrick Henry will destroy him. And see, the problem becomes this. It's not that he can't cover Derrick Henry, but he's got to cover Derrick Henry every week or tight end every week. After a while, you get worn out and worn down. And then before you know it, you're not on the field. He'll ha- If they put him in poor positions, he, he won't last a year because he's not physically built that way. Okay? He's a – dude, when you watch him and you put him on the field, he's a little tiny dude. I mean, I think your corners are bigger. So, with little t- – and he's not built. Don't go like this. Well, Sam Mills was little. Sam Mills was built like a fire hydrant. This guy's not built like a fire hydrant. <laughs> he's not. Okay? So, as a designer of a defense, once again – Here becomes the importance of Matt Patricia and with Sean Desai. What are their fortes? They're designers of defenses and disguising defenses. You have to be more of that. See, last year, the Eagle front seven could line up and just kick your ass. You're not going to be able to do that yet because you don't have the experience in the personnel. You may have talent, but you don't have the experience. You see, here's the one thing Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter and Brown, Morrow, not so much Morrow, Dean. Here's the one thing that is going to be attacked by offensive coordinators. They're going to immediately attack N'Kobe Dean. Do you know what you're being asked to do? Do you understand the defense? Do you understand technique? Then they're going to go after Jalen Carter on traps, influence blocks. They're going to do all that shit. They're going to give you, I was, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get Ed Reed on. I had a conversation over the weekend with Ed. And I'll give you something that Ed Reed used to do. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this clip and it was Peyton Manning talking about Ed Reed. There was something even on the internet that Brady had on his forearm, the Ed Reed play. Can you imagine the goat having your name on his call, on his call uh, sheet on his arm? And it says the Ed Reed play. Your name is on the goats play calling sleeve. That's the respect you had for Ed Reed. Ed Reed did this. He set Peyton Manning up the week before, knowing that he was playing him the following week. You know how he did that? He had a release on a, on a wide receiver coming down the middle. He automatically made a wheel turn 
And it's because he knew Manning was going backside to Wayne. He knew it because that's his read. And you could see Manning walking off the field going, fuck, man. He set me up. Brady and Belichick saw that. And Belichick said, it's the greatest play I've ever seen a player make on a field. That he set Peyton Manning up the week before knowing Manning would do that. That's the kind of knowledge that those NFL guys have that play in that league. He set him up in a Colts game knowing he was playing Brady the next week. So when they saw it on film, Brady goes, he set him up. Look at that. And you could see Manning walking off the field going, fuck, he set me up. He had set Brady up a week prior to that. That is the difference between that guy and a guy like Brown who has no idea what he's facing. Those guys are so gifted. So gifted. At knowledge, technique. You imagine that? Ed had set up Peyton Manning the week before because he had Manning and Brady in consecutive weeks. He set him up the week before in the Jets game. And Manny just walked off the field going, shit, this guy, man. He knew where I was going with it. You imagine being a player like Ed Reed that dictated and made Peyton Manning throw the ball where you wanted to and you got an interception and you took it the other way. That's a gift. When you're that great, you're thinking five games down the line. And you 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 don't you don't beat Ed Reed. That's unbelievable. You see the game. I think Jalen's becoming that kind of guy. There's certain guys that just see the freaking game. And there's Sav- Lawrence Taylor, Savants. I mean, so you're working your next five weeks and you're setting all of your quarterbacks up. <laughs> Dude, just getting drafted and getting the position to play safety or linebacker, all the things that Kobe Dean has to know and playing Mike linebacker in the NFL you got to know all that shit. You got to know all of that. But yeah, I say this about Ed Reed. Ed's the greatest safety that's ever lived in college and pro. And that includes Ronnie Lott. Plus he was a special teams maniac. I mean, I've never seen a player like that dominate college and pro like that. Special teams, safety position. How many pick sixes did he have? I mean, doesn't he have the record for the most yards in a pick six? He took, like, I think two back, 109. The guy's a freak show, man. He's the greatest cane I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Uh, Birds, I know. Unfulfilled destiny, though, with Sean. Yeah, better than Rod Woodson. Absolutely. More accomplished. Just look the resume up. I'm not debating that. I don't have to, really. Sean Taylor, Birds, is the Jerome Brown of DBs. Unfulfilled destiny. It's a shame what those two guys might have done if they had fulfilled their destinies. Okay, because Jerome would have been in Canton too. 
Okay. Jerome and Sean Taylor would have been football players that went to Canton. I would say this. I don't know, man. Ed was a hell of a hitter too. He was a hell of a hitter too. Watch him knock out that guy from the Colts on that, on that punt return. And <laughs> you got Ray Lewis screaming on the sidelines. You got to watch it. And then, but Sean Taylor knocking that guy out in the Pro Bowl because he was talking shit. You got to watch that one too, man. Okay, you got to watch. You got you got to watch him too. All right, I got to take a timeout because I passed my post here. I got to take a timeout. Don't forget, Philly Five Hundred is going to join us. In hour number three at 5.30, keep it here on the National Football Show. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givelish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givelish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. E A G L E S, Eagles. National Football Show. Why in the world would Jay Wright want to work for the Sixers? Why would I want to hurt my legacy working for a shitty organization? You think a coach like Eric Spolster would ever take a job like Philadelphia? No. Why? 
Why would I take a job like that knowing full well I'll be fired again? Like every other guy that they've hired. How many coaches are you going to go through, dude, before you figure out it's ownership and the front office? And once again, your carpetbagger owner. I have no respect for that guy. He don't give a shit about winning. So wait a minute. You guys took a dump on Philly sports fans for how many decades? One? How many, how many years of shitty losing did you go through? The whole Elton Brand thing. How many years of tanking and losing of games? And you know what's so fucked up? You built them the Wells Fargo Center anyway. Damn, what a great fan base. You built them the Wells Fargo Center anyway. <laughs> what a great fan base. Loyal to the soil. Too bad your owner's not. Dude, you have to know your room. Do, do you actually think if I was like, say I was a sports talk guy and I was hired by the Fanatic or WIP, do you think I'd be talking Lions football? Or do you think I'd be talking Cowboys or maybe when they played? <laughs> not a, I'd be talking about Philly hot dogs. And I'd be talking about Geno's more before I'd be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and what they're doing. Your owner doesn't understand that. On one hand, he tells you, hey, I'm here to build a championship team for the Sixers. Please buy tickets. Then on the other hand, he's bringing a team of Lincoln Financial to beat you. Telling people in D.C. And again, I heard, I heard the guys at SportsX say, I don't have anything about being an entrepreneur. I have a problem with bullshit artists. And bad management. Hey, by the way, if Josh Harris was winning NBA championships with the Sixers, and he was, he, he was, all of a sudden he's successful with the commanders, I, you can't really say anything then. I mean, seriously. If he hadn't asked you to put up with the tanking, the shitty decisions, the Marquez folks, the Jimmy Butlers, the Ben Simmons, the Doc Rivers, the endless coaches, the endless bullshit, if he hadn't been asking you to do that and still buy season tickets and build them a barn, I wouldn't say anything. But he hasn't. He hasn't. Right? I guarantee you. Philadelphia sports fan would be kind. Con- Am I right, Tone? Philadelphia sports fan would be more like this. I hate the fact he owns the Commanders, but we did win an NBA title. So shit, you know, whatever. All good. Or at least get to the finals. You're like, hey, man, he's trying to win. Okay? You know what that guy did? Josh Harris is a used car salesman to the people he's selling tickets to. He's a used car salesman. He'll bullshit you on a lemon. (laughs) And he sold Philadelphia sports fans a lemon. And that lemon's the Philadelphia 76ers. They're a lemon. They're a lemon. Philly fans would be okay if you drove a school bus into a church just as long as you win. 
Really? He owns the Commanders. Hey, we did get to the finals two years in a row. Okay. Sure. I'll overlook that shit. But when you suck like this at every decision you make, and then you come out and tell people you're going to hit your wagon to a loser like James Harden. <laughs> and then I watched Jimmy Butler tonight versus the Celtics. I go, so you had the guy in the room, and you went with Tobias Harris. Man, <laughs> I don't know. I'm Hey, I don't know. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) I just don't get it. You know, and again, you know what it is? You built the barn for them. Taxpayer money. They want you to buy season tickets. You know, the NBA tickets, one of the highest paid tickets in all of sports. They want you to buy tickets, support the team, ring the freaking bell. Great. Ring the bell. I like to have a picture of Josh Harris's head there and ring that after that press conference today when it came to James Harden. Honestly, I like to ring Josh Harris's head. That was a disgrace. <laughs> you want me to pay season tickets for that? That's a shit show. Thank God you got Philly, man. You you got the Eagles, and you can look at that and go like this. That's a great – hey, do you understand how much the 76ers have done for season tickets for the Eagles? Not that you need it, but there's got to be more of a waiting line than ever before for Eagle tickets. Maybe even even Philly's tickets. There's just got to be more of a – you know what? I would say this to you, dude, there's got to be more people in line to buy Eagle tickets that you could get at the Wells Fargo Center. But then again, it's Philly, man. You'll fill the barn. You know why? Because you're great fans. Remember what I told you? I like the Philly, Philadelphia 76, believe it or not. I do. That's one of my favorite sports teams when I was a kid growing up because of Dr. J. But the fans, man, you built these people barns. At least the Eagles get it. You built them Lincoln Financial. Don't you guys ever bring that shit up? How much the taxpayers have to go out there and get double dipped? They raise ticket prices on you, and they give you crappy product? Man, fan bases don't deserve that today. Not with the economic dollars. There's not that much disposable income for people like you and me out there anymore. You don't have that disposable income, and tickets aren't $35 anymore. They're 85 bucks. Expensive. The concessions, expensive. Build it and they will come? No. You build the goddamn thing. And build it first and foremost from the, from the top down. Damn. It's not, again, losing, I get it. Not everybody's going to win. There's one champion at the end of the year. But I think it's your process that you look at and go, what's the difference between today with Daryl Morey and Elton Brand? 
you're making the same dumbass mistakes. Why? Because of your carpetbagger owner. I don't know what else to say. If everything is the same result and the faces are different in the organization, the one remaining face is the one problem you have. Jerry Jones. Love the guy. You know I do. I love the Jones family. Jerry's chasing his tail. Why? Because Jerry's got to be the owner, the marketer, the general manager, head of personnel, has an influence in the game plan. I don't know. Has an influence in the roster on Sundays. It's just too many hats. Figure out your best hats. And then let the other people wear their hat. When you start meddling and not allowing people to do their job, this is what you get. This is why I say this to you about the Eagle organization. I'll do it again. Okay? Again, the owner of the Eagles believes in Howie and believed in how. Do you know how hard of a decision that had to have been for the owner of the Eagles when he fired Doug Peterson. That had to be hard. Man. Doug did something for this city no coach has ever done in the Super Bowl era, including Andy Reid. I got to fire this guy because Doug thinks this guy gets in his way. Shit, who do I go with? Who's going to build the culture I want? You know why, again, I think they fired Doug? Jeffrey Lurie didn't pick Doug Peterson over Howie Roseman. He picked the guy who he thought would best amplify his culture that he has built with Joe Banner and everyone. Doug wanted to build his culture. Lurie had a culture, and it was a winning culture. Yeah, that's why it was hard, man. Had to have been hard. He went with culture over Doug's, what Doug envisioned, what he saw. Now, I believe in what we're doing. And he's right in the end. He was right to fire Doug Peterson. He was right to fire him. And he's got great respect for him. You hear him talking about him all the time. He was right to fire him because the owner of the Eagles has a way of doing business. And he tied himself to the guy who had his vision. See, Josh Harris has tied himself to another dopey general manager. First it was Elton. Now it's a guy who has tied his legacy and his resume to James Harden. That's all you need to know about the GM of the Sixers. It's not about Philadelphia 76ers. It's about Daryl Morey. This guy's holding on to something that's long gone. Harden, if he was going to win a title, it was in Houston. It's over. Just, you can't be any clearer This is how we started the show out. 
that people tie themselves, coaches. Coaches have to tie themselves to quarterbacks. That can't be more apparent than in the NFL. I happen to, you guys may not agree with this. Okay, here, here, Niner, let me ask you this. So who exactly are the quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has tied himself to? Matt Ryan. Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance. And Brock Purdy. Why is that not a 2.0 version of John Gruden? Tim Rattay. Brad Johnson. Derek Carr's best quarterback. Marcus Mariota. Chris Sims. I mean, <laughs> a lot of these guys, I mean, right. Who's he tied himself to? Mike Shanahan tied, you know why Mike, Sh Mike, Mike Shanahan tied himself. You know why he wanted the Bronco job? Because he knew Dan Reeves was underachieving with John Elway. And he tied himself to John Elway. He got to Washington. He sucked. He was in Las Vegas, or excuse me, Los Angeles with the Raiders. He sucked. Think of this for a minute. Mike Shanahan sucked with the Raiders. People forget he coached the Raiders. He sucked in Washington. But he tied himself to John Elway. His legacy's on Elway. Not those other failure stops. People go like this to me. Is Mike Shanahan a Super Bowl? Is he a Hall of Fame coach? I don't know. Mike Holmgren at least got to a Super Bowl with a different organization. I would think Holmgren's a Hall of Famer. Is Mike Shanahan? He was a failure at every single freaking stop other than Denver. Mike Shanahan's a Hall of Fame coach? Well, okay. Is Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy has more of a resume than Mike Shanahan does. But he tied himself to Elway. Smart. Smart. GMs have to tie themselves to quarterbacks and coaches. That's why Howie picks the coaches along with the owner. Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Hall of Fame coach. People, people are going to like, oh, they're going to put him in because his name is royalty. But they forget the Raider job, <laughs> the Redskin job. They forget that, right? Forget all that shit. Yeah, I know they do. Well, he was a Hall of Fame coach. What a great coach he was. Really? So was George Seifert? Guy got to Carolina, man. He stunk. Terrell Davis was the guy in Denver? Dude, no one remembers that today. John Elway's the face of that franchise, not Terrell Davis. You're right, though. You're right, but that's not how it works. <laughs> they talk about Shanahan like he's royalty. Dude, look at his record without Garoppolo in the building. He had a good year this year without – well, Jimmy G still was part of that record. But Purdy, Purdy, Purdy's been his best quarterbacks outside of Garoppolo. The rest of them have sucked. 
Do you know they're talking about actually starting Trey Lance? We probably have to because Purdy's not going to be ready. Dude, that guy is not who they think he is. <laughs> I just I just don't. I got to take a timeout because I'm past the post again. I kind of swept the top of the hour. My boy is going to join us. Philly 500 at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk to him some, some Eagle football. Get his thoughts. Bottom of the hour. Don't forget, our boy Philly 500, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. National Football Show Power Hour number three. Please hit the like button. Our boy Philly 500 is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Thank you very much. I saw John Morant put out a statement. um, And now the media is kicking his ass because it was orchestrated by his team. 
You want everything orchestrated by your team right now. You want your team to help you get out of this pit you're in. See the media, man? This just goes into Jalen Carter. You're not going to win either way, son. This is a great lesson for you. John Morant is listening to the people that are handling him personally. He had a PR team help him put a statement together, went out, put it out there, and now the media is kicking his ass because he had a prepared statement. He can't make any missteps. He's doing the right thing, in my opinion. You can't say something that some asshole in Philly will go, well, I don't think you really feel sorry enough. You can't have that. Because look what you get anyway. You get a guy doing this. Well, now he's got a prepared statement. Didn't come from the heart. Dude, what are you? Who cares? You're a reporter. Be quiet. But they're not. It's a setup. Okay? This is a great test. Dude, John Morant right now, and by the way, for the record, this is a stupid-ass move. This is not a gun rule. But see, the NBA, remember what the NBA did years ago? I don't know, Tone, some of you probably forget all this stuff. David Stern put a dress code in because he thought, what was it? You want to know how racist that dress code was? He thought it was too, how shall I say it, gangster? (laughs) 78% of the league's black. And the commissioner of the NBA put a dress code in because it looked too gangster. You think David Stern could get that through today? It was the Allen Iverson rule. Right, Tone? Iverson brought this culture in. NBA didn't like the image. See, this is an image thing. Does the league have the right to do that? Yes. They didn't like the way... That's why I love Iverson. Iverson's one of my favorite athletes of all time. The whole story, I dig him. If, if someone said, Sills, um... Who are your five favorite athletes? He's on. And four, he's he's on my Mount Rushmore favorite guys I rooted for. I love Allen Iverson. I'm an Iverson dude, man. Okay? No players had tattoos or braids before Iverson. Yeah. Same with Fab Five with the black socks. Where do you think the basketball trunks got down to the knees from? Fab Five. They were wearing them nut huggers all them years. When Fab Five and Iverson came into the sport, changed the culture. David Stern had to whiten it up. Why? Advertisers. That gun being waved is about the NBA advertisers and about the people that cover the sport because they're liberals. This is all about the look. Morant broke no rule, no law. It's image and advertisers. (laughs) 
when they were when he was doing they that again. Personally, I think the MD, you're going to see how how powerful. How power? Wait a minute, Yale. You're going to see how powerful the NBA Players Association is. You think you're suspending that guy for 41 games? <laughs> Remember, he's a max guy. You're not suspending that guy for 41 games. <laughs> I'm going to show you how powerful the NBA Players Association is compared to the NFL Players Association, who are worms. That guy could get probably 20 games because he can't interfere with him making that $250 million. Never happened. NBA Players Association is going to go, albeit this is a harsh situation. He's got to learn. He ain't going to spend. He ain't going to miss 41 games. That ain't happening. <laughs> Players Association going to jump right on this. NBA Players Association has leverage. You know why? Because they're actually business partners with the owners. Because they got guaranteed contracts. NFL doesn't. The only people that are guaranteed anything are these quarterbacks nowadays. Can you imagine a commissioner coming in and going today? Too many dreadlocks. Um, sports too black. We got to have a dress code. Guys can't show up in sweats. Can't have braids. Not knowing what the culture of braids are. It's a Southern heritage of where you're from. It's a meaning. Do you know that braids are just not a hairstyle? It's a direct result of your heritage, of where those braids are from, your family, your heritage, part of the country you're from. I'm not going to say actually the truth of what it really started on what part of the country and certain counties and certain places in Georgia, Alabama, or Louisiana, or Florida, or South Carolina, but you get the gist of it. It's about the history of where you were brought from the country here. You know who told me that? Michael Irvin and Jerome Brown. I was like, I never knew that. Because why would you? You're white. I go, hey, don't get me tied up in this shit. My family's from Italy, dude. I had nothing to do with this until 1912. Don't get me involved. All my shit's in Italy. <laughs> hey, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> hey. My heritage has nothing to do with this. <laughs> Man, we weren't here in the 18. I mean, we I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine though? Can you imagine though come call if you had the commissioner Adam Silver today going like this? Yeah, it looks too gangster. What's that mean? Shit, man. Bob McNair couldn't even say we can't let the inmates run the asylum. And everybody was calling him a racist. <laughs> and Nicholas, got nothing to do with me, man. <laughs> Shit, my stuff is down with the uh, with the Italians, man. I, I got nothing to do with this, bro. Not me. Nothing to do with this. All the history of America, that's on you guys. You guys can steal all your study books and all that other shit. My stuff's... <laughs> My stuff is in Provenzano and all them other places in Italy. I got I got nothing to do with this. <laughs> hey, Shills, did you see this? I got nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh man, you are literally a, you're a literally Italian mafia. Not understanding what that means, 
And there's no such thing as the mafia. Very racist, Debo. Why? Because I'm Italian? <laughs> Take your cannolis away. <laughs> uh, hey, Take my cannolis away and we riot. And the gabagool. Yeah. <laughs> and the gabagool. Italians were slit. See, see where this goes. I gotta get I gotta get out of here, man. Let me let me let me get the hell out of here. Don't forget Philly 500 at the bottom of the hour here. Just <laughs> hey. I got a text message from a guy in Dallas. Okay. Dalvin Cook will be a cowboy in about 22 days. <laughs> Man, does that make that cowboy Eagles game? A lot more interesting. Dalvin Cook brings his 1,400 yards with Tony Pollard to the Cowboys. With Brandy Cooks and C.D. Lamb and Dak. If Dalvin Cook is on that Cowboy team, do you know, like I said a couple days ago, if Dak wins both those games, He's 10 and 3 versus the Eagles. <laughs> I, I, I can't even do it with a straight. <laughs> Every Eagle. And, and you'll have the collection. Well, again, I love DeAndre Swift. But you'll have the collection. It, you, what, what, what is that? What, what, uh, hey, let me see. You'll have like Pookie Man cards for running backs. They'll have, they'll have Dalvin Cook, <laughs> Tony Pollard, and you're gonna have like Pokemon, Pokemon cards for running backs. Just a bunch of cards. <laughs> yeah, no way they get Cook. You better hope so, Swanky, because it, it's coming, dude. They they were they were kind. Hey. The word was also Tennessee is right. See, Tennessee is pretty slick. They're not, they're doing this. We're not shopping him. Teams are calling about him though. Agent friend of mine said, they're not telling the complete truth of the story on Derrick Henry. Okay. They're not telling you the complete story. The complete story is this. Well, Hey, watch this. But Rand Carthon, who I know very well, Rand Carthon goes like this, eh, you know, maybe the 49ers called about potentially sending Trey Lance to Tennessee. <laughs> and where, where's Derrick Henry go? San Francisco. <laughs> oh, my God. San Francisco gets Derrick Henry. How would that look? Woo! Good night. NFC's over. Hit the like button. Almost 300 people in here. And seven likes. Come on. We could do better. Hey, seriously, man, please, if you can, hit the like button. Thank you. Um, Hey, 
Derrick Henry, 49ers, it's over. The whole Super Bowl thing would be over. Oh, my God. Philly 500 is going to shit a brick when he hears this one. The Dallas Cowboys in 22 days are going to land Dalvin Cook. Woo! Ow! Hold on. Pucker up. <laughs> Let's bring my boy Philly 500 in. <laughs> What's that puss for? <laughs> I am not. I do not shake. I do not shake. I am not scared of Dallas whatsoever. But I will say this. If they do get Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think I think that would be a hell of a move for them. I think that would be the right move for them because they've got to keep up with the Eagles somehow. Yeah. Oh no, that's a, that's absolute absolutely true. I brought this up in the first hour, Philly, and you tell me if you think that this is. Let me ask: How important was Legarrette Blunt, in your opinion, in seventeen as a red zone back? Extremely important. I, I I think he was really really important. I I don't know if our offense is quite the same without him because we got a AJ Ajay we got Jay Ajay at the trade deadline and Legarrette Blunt just got stronger and stronger as the year went on. So I I think he was, I think he was a very underrated move, especially like late what was it June when they got him. So yeah, definitely big. Time. Okay, before you vomit on yourself and need a bib, I'm gonna throw this at you here. Last year, Ezekiel Elliott had 12 touchdowns. Couldn't he fill that same red zone role? Hold on before you vomit on yourself. Couldn't he fulfill that same red zone role? Swift is uh, a die from 20 to 20. Wouldn't you have the same dynamic almost as what you had in 17 in a back that has a nose for the end zone. Man, it looks like you got Ajita right now. <laughs> what do you think of this potential move here? By, and you bring in a guy who wants to stick it to Dallas. I, I like the idea of sticking it to Dallas. Pause. But I, I would say, oh, man, I, I don't know that we need a Zico. I, I mean, listen, I know Penny's hurt a lot. But if he can theoretically stay healthy... Uh, he should be able to get us red zone touchdowns. No. Come Maybe. on, man. You're you're uh, rubbing the magic lamp praying that this guy's gonna play. I know, Zeke last I know. year at 12 touchdowns. I know. But See, you just hate the fact the guy had a star on his hat. That that's it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I I I have I have like a lot of problems with guys with stars on their helmets that come over to Philly. They it always goes bad for us. Remember DeMarco Murray. Horrible. Uh we got Scandrick. He came over. It's like every time we take a cowboy player, they're horrible. They're just they're just horrible with us. So uh, on that level, yeah, I definitely have to pause about it. I mean, I, I get what you're saying though. Like as a compliment to, to Swift and you get red zone carries. Yeah, I mean, sure, he could get you a lot of touchdowns. I think that's about it. But I, I think like Garrett Blunt. When Garrett Blunt played for us, and, and and I mean this honestly, in 2017 when Blunt played for us, I think he had more left than Zeke has right now. Fair enough, and plus I'm not sure Zeke's ready to make that transition into that role on being that there's, role. There's player too many too. too many good restaurants in Philly for Zeke. 
He, he, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be defensive tackle by the year end, my man. Let me throw this at you, too, here. Um, I want to make a comparison because we've been talking kind of about it today with, you know, you watch Daryl Morey today at a press conference talking about oh. bringing James Harden back. And you see a guy tethering himself to a shit back um, and, and James Harden, and he's just not a winner. Then you see Howie Roseman, and you see Howie. Here, here's the cool thing about Howie. So he moves off of a mistake right. and Wentz doesn't sit there, turns around and ties himself to Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. I think right then and there is the number one difference between the Sixers. I mean, Philly, like there can't be any coincidence that you miss on folks. You miss on Butler decision, the Ben Simmons deal. Now the character of the GM coming out. His resume's tied to James Harden, not the right. Sixers. And you went through 10 years of losing to be here? And then right. you look at what Howie's done. Dude, I think this just slam dunks more what Howie Roseman has brought to the Eagles and how well yeah. that organization is run. Yeah. Well, I could tell you, like, if – and see, yeah, I think – I mean, the false, the false mistake – that was a definite mistake. They should have took Tatum. There's, there's no question about it. But to me, the, 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 the move that with Butler is the unforgivable move. That to me is the move that I can't get over. Like I cannot, as a Sixer fan, get over this because Jimmy Butler was on your team. He was on your roster, and you don't let him out of the building. Howie Roseman never would have let him out of the building. And I tell you this, I mean this. If, if, if. Butler's a sixer still. I believe we have at least two titles. I believe they have at least two titles. They get by Atlanta. They would have got by Boston. Uh, Jimmy Butler's a stone cold killer, and you need stone cold killers to come up at the you know at the at the right time. And so I thought that was the mistake that's unforgivable by the Sixers. And there's no way Howie Roseman would have let that guy out of the building. No Absolutely. Way. Let me let me. I, I brought this up about Nicobe. He's my biggest question mark this year going into the July training camp, and here's why. I don't think the conversation with N'Kobe Dean, Philly, is talent issue. I think the guy's talented, but he's a shrimp. He's a small dude. So how they play him, mm -hmm. I said this, they got to play him more in a, like a Tampa 2, which means that those tackles – have to be effective in stopping the run and keeping those mm -hmm. big horses off him. Play him a little yeah. deeper. You got to play him at the mic. You can't play him at will. You can't right. play him as a Sam backer, which is the outside. Mm -hmm. You can't because right. he's not going to be able to line up against a Dallas Goddard or Travis Kelsey. Right. Just physically, Philly, covering them. So it's the importance on Desai and maybe even Patricia figuring out like they did last year with Hassan Reddick, how to use this kid. Yeah, I, obviously I, I, I think so. And I, I think he's got to play inside personally. I think you want it behind those defense tackles. So yeah, I think that's part of it. I, I do, you know, I'm very excited about N'Kobe Dean. He's got a lot of talent and we, we have seen undersized linebackers before be good. I, you know, we'll, we'll see what he got. Um, but yeah, I think how they use him, is very important. I do want to say one thing about the Butler thing. I see somebody in there saying Butler was going to leave anyways. If you would have fired Brett Brown, Butler yeah. would have stayed. Uh, Butler I didn't stay too. because of Brett Brown. Brett Brown left the next year they fired him. They should have fired him then 
and you would keep Butler. So I just had to say that because we, we have well, to have. Well, let me add. Forward. Let me add to what you just said. They're never going to win an NBA championship with Joel Embiid in Philadelphia, and I'll tell you why. We name me a big center outside of Hakeem Olajuwon and maybe Russell. That was the focal point and the go-to guy. Not even Shaq. <laughs> Shaq had Shaq had Penny Hardaway, Kobe, and Dwayne Wade. Look at all the big centers that have been superstars in the NBA that have had somebody on the perimeter. The reason why Ewing never won is because he never had another guy that was out there to be the closer. All those big guys had closer dudes that could close right. the deal because Shaq wasn't a good free throw shooter. And dude, when you watched a Joker last night, come on, man. That guy's the best right. player on the planet. I mean, I, oh, he was sensational last night. Yeah, I mean, it's hard right now because because it's disappointing. Uh, MB came up really small in that game. There's no question about it. But I do really think if you had a closer like like Butler, uh, he would have matched up perfectly with Embiid. Uh, and you, Boston doesn't win Game Seven because there is no Game Seven because they don't blow that lead in Game Six. But you so, knew Game Six once they blew that Game Six, it was over, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Boston, Boston is a heel in my side for for since I've been young. I hate that team. I hate that team with a passion. I can't I, I believe swear. how good Jason Tatum is, though, man. Yeah, I just, he's good. That's I'm one so of the. That's got to be one game. of the greatest seventh games I've ever seen in NBA history. Him closing <sighs> that thing out with fifty points. I just hate I hate that team so much. <laughs> I hate both. Wait a minute. Do you hate the team or do you hate the fans or both? No, I I just hate the, I just hate I hated Larry Bird. I hated McHale. I just hate all of them. I hate both, and they always seem to to have our number. You know, it's like we're it's like us beating the Giants all the time. It's it's how I feel. Like they always get the best of us, and it just it just it makes me sick. Too many white guys. It's okay. I get it. <laughs> Hey, I always used to say this. So wait, Mikhail. Yeah, that's the problem. Wait a minute. Wait, Mikhail, Bird. Okay. And then Edelman, Amendola, Welker. Uh, let me move on. Hey, so what are the Eagles? <laughs> I, I have to think about Yeah, I have to think about that now. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe, maybe that's why. Wrong. You know, in case you're on a boring day, Edelman, Welker, um, Amendola, Gronk. Brady, <laughs> I just, I just, Bird, I just think Gale. about the old, the old. You know, remember Age. the old? Uh, there's an old fight between Doctor J and Larry Bird, and Doctor and, and Larry, the whole Larry Bird and Doctor J just pummeling his face. I, I that's like one of my favorite memories in life. <laughs> no lie to you. What do we, what do we do Eagles. at the three hole for a wide receiver for the Eagles? What do you want to see them do? Uh, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't mind if they if they bring in competition, if they want to bring somebody else to compete. But I got to tell you, I I think I'd like to see Quez at least battle out for that third wide receiver spot. I, I would like to see him fight for the job and win it because I think he still has talent left. I, I just think he had a bad year, some really bad drops. But I, I think that I think there's still more to be written about his story. Like, I, I feel like, you know, he should at least have some competition. If you want to bring in, like, a, a Landry or somebody like that, I would be fine with it. But compete for it. Compete for that, that spot. How about Devin White? Any – did do you think – here, here's what I heard yesterday, that the Buccaneers and his folks aren't going anywhere. They're not doing anything. You think mm -hmm. Jason Light, the general manager and Howie, She'll at least have a you, – you, would you be cool with that, or do you think 
it would be too rich and too much money and too much draft equity to get because he is a high, he's a Roquan Smith kind of guy. Me personally, I would person on a personal level, I would love it. I, I think that the Eagles don't don't give enough attention sometimes to the linebacker position. So I would absolutely love it, but I don't think they'll do it. I, I just don't think that's the way they operate. Um, because you're gonna have to give White uh, you're gonna have to give him a brand new contract, right? And they're not gonna pay, they're gonna not pay a linebacker a lot of money. They're better off with a guy like uh, you know, somebody that comes in has CJ Mosley contract. Yeah, if, if, if they could get him cheap, they have to get him on a deal level. Kaiser White is a perfect example. A guy that had played a few years, was on a team, and maybe wanted a one-year deal to see if, if he could get something else somewhere else. And that's the kind of linebackers they bring in. They don't they don't spend a lot of money on linebacker. I can't really think of – maybe Nigel Bradham was the last guy that they spent money on as, as a linebacker, and, and that was only because uh, of Schwartz having so much input on that defense at the time. I, I don't think that they spend money on linebackers. I mean, they went and got Nicholas Morrow. I think they're perfectly content with him and Nicobe Dean. I'm not saying me. I I would do it, but I don't think they will. All right, I'm going to end with this, and I need your help on this. Why is it – and see, my boy, nine-year-old day in here. Man, I'll tell you, I'd never seen more guys crying in my life than these 49er guys, man. I mean – Oh, biggest baby. Philly, what, 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 how come these guys are moaning and crying so much? I mean, I've never seen a fan base need a bib – or I've never seen a, a, a fan base. They should have binky night the night oh, that man. the Eagles play the 49ers where you're selling those little That's banks you idea. give the babies. I mean, what's That's up with this? Idea. Why are they crying so much? That's a great idea. I don't know. You know, and the thing is, is I always used to think like the 49ers were okay. Like, you know, the 49ers, they hate Dallas. I have, I can respect that. But what I realize is that some of these teams that won in the 80s and 90s, you know, haven't really done anything since. They're very entitled. I think their their fan base is very entitled. They think that they they deserve something. They think they're owed something. And I think, you know, uh, I think that they're they're spoiled brats because they can't take what happened uh, in that championship game. And the truth is, is Purdy got hurt because Hassan Reddick knocked him into next week, not because of anything else. It wasn't like he hurt himself coming out of the tunnel or he tripped and warming up. He hurt himself because the game was played that way. So I, I think that they're, they're entitled brats, just like but the Cowboy fans. I, I, I actually heard that. I heard that their cheerleaders have cannolis. And so <laughs> I, 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 I heard it was – I heard <laughs> – you know, I mean – I just heard that like half the crew had cannolis, so I don't know. I mean, you know, they, it's a little confusing out there. I worked out there in the Bay Area at times. You know where I'm going there. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot comment on that. I do not know. I have not <laughs> been down to that stadium. Nor do I plan on going anytime soon. <laughs> i tell you, the, the last thing, the one last player, that I'm going to I, – I cannot wait to see how they use Nolan Smith. Mm. I, am ve- I, I am so excited to see how they use him. I think he's going to have a massive impact on this team. Right away, huh? Yeah, That's right away. I think, I think he has just – there's just something about the kid that really I, I'm, I'm attracted to when it comes to how I think he's going to be an impact on that team. He's, he's got a lot of leadership qualities. 
Yeah, I, I, I like everything I've seen about him so far. Um, you know, if he can have an impact in play, I mean, that's what you want. You want rookies to come back and be impactful. You figure Jalen Carter, hopefully he starts right away. Then if you get an impact player in, in Nolan Smith, that, that gives you two guys right out of the first round. That that's I mean, that would be great. I I, I don't know what to expect from him. Um, I, I just would have him follow Hassan Reddick everywhere. Whatever Hassan Reddick does, I want him to do because he needs to learn from him because I, I think they're similar players. I hope I didn't upset your stomach in any way. So No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to eat the cannoli I have right now. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I think I'm going to pass on it. Stay away from the cheese. <laughs> that cannoli now. Just, Billy, just it's always great catching. Doesn't sound as good. Thank you. <laughs> I love you, brother. Thank you love so you much too. for spending All time right. with us, man. I I'll appreciate it. All right. Bye. That's my boy, Philly 500. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake them Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. It's all right, Niner guy. See, Niner guy going, Sills is fakered in a $3 bill. Fakers are smart and liars. I'm not that smart. You see, do I look like a guy with a plan? I'm, I'm, I'm like the Joker says. I'm, I'm the dog that chases the, the, the ambulance guy. I, I don't have a plan. <laughs> I don't have plans. I don't ha- come up with plans. See, that's for people that are anglers. Okay. You're you you think I have a do I look there's two things Big Sills doesn't have or doesn't do. I don't have a plan. And I don't eat half a sandwich. <laughs> okay? I, I I don't I I I mean light or diet will never be on my dinner table. <laughs> okay? Yeah, like you plan to finish off a tray of Oreos and a box of pasta. The Oreos could be, but the box of pasta, yeah, it depends if it because I'm an angel hair guy. My daughter loves fettuccine. Hey, you know, Yale, Yale, Yale goes, you have structure. I don't know if it's structure or more so it's habit. That's why I had the same old lady for 33 years. I, I get in a routine. I'm married for 33 years because I like routines because I'm simple. I get up in the morning, do the same bullshit every single day. Nothing deviates from it. I don't like it. So when you ask Dan to leave the Dan cave, that's something that's not really happening. Hey, Dan, I want you to come do this event. Yeah, sure. Okay. uh, 10 days out. Yeah, I broke my wheel. (laughs) Okay. He had a whisper. I like getting fed, Callie. Is that okay? See, Callie, if you're married, you know why I'm whispering, okay? I don't like eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or crackers for dinner. So give me a break. Only single guys don't know that. What are you talking about? My girlfriend loves me. Of course she does. Till you marry her. <laughs> and once you marry her, don't do it. Told you. Marry a fat chick, she'll always feed you and love you. Don't it? Don't ever marry a hot chick. Pain. Painful. Painful. Then she passes that trait down to your kid. It's painful. It's a painful experience. It's a painful existence. What do you think I live in a Dan cave for? What do you think I still got my Christmas trees up? D-Gun would kill me. I still got my trees up. Are you crazy? I sit down here looking, trying to be happy. I sit in my Dan cave being happy with me and only me. (laughs) No fat kids. Not happening. I wasn't a fat kid. Anyway. Boy, hey, how about Zeke Elliott being a cowboy? Absolutely not. Why? Well, because he was a cowboy. Orlando Scandridge is a tool. Granted. Okay? Granted. 
yeah, I really like my time in Philly. Cowboys really are a great organization. I know how what I'm doing when I'm dude. Did you where did you win more? Philly or in Dallas? Do you not get I don't get that guy? That guy just talked shit on the Eagles because they told me pack his bags and get the hell out of town. Got no respect for that guy. Dude, they they treated you exactly how you wanted to be treated. Right? Where's D. Gunny? was on today. He was on today, man. So you guys wouldn't want to have a guy that could kind of duplicate a little bit what the Garrett Blunt did. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think he could bring a lot. Niners, it's all good, dude. We're playing. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. Hey, hey Niner. Got a great, hey, all kidding aside, got a good football team. Think your coach is a little, how about this? I don't know, overrated, overhyped. I, I hope the kid Purdy turns out, the old man's a hurricane. Hey, by the way, Niner, the old man's a hurricane. Brock Purdy's old man's a hurricane. He pitched for uh, the Canes foot, uh, baseball program. So he's he's got some Miami hurricane blood in him. So we're good. I think you got a great opportunity, man. But like Tone says, you can't just put your name on the text, homie. Okay, you gotta, you, 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 you've gotta win those games that matter. Bitching and moaning about it. Hey, was that a lost opportunity for San Francisco in that NFC title game? Guys, you got to look at it like this. Hey, man, you, you didn't have a lost opportunity NFC take title game. You know why? Hassan Reddick took it from you, and that's what you don't like. Is that Reddick took it from the Niner fans? And took it from the 49ers with one big play. You know, that's a big play in a game. Crushing your quarterback, having him out, that's a football play. Hassan Reddick wrecked your football game. And I could see why you'd be pissed off about that. But at the end of the day, Reddick Reddick made a play. Just like Jerry Rice would make a play back in the day for a 75-yard touchdown. Okay, I mean, or or Steve Young would make an incredible run or throw to win a Super Bowl. That's 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 how that plays out, man. And by the way, there's the great example of where you failed and the Eagles succeeded. Well, when the when when Wentz went down, they didn't cry. They put Nick Foles in because their organization was prepared in case something happened to Carson Wentz, who was playing MVP ball. They were prepared. You weren't. They were not. Get this. All the decisions that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have done, you know the one thing they've never been prepared for? How to handle their quarterback situation with injuries. You've handled every other position except that one. And it's defined him. His meltdown with the Falcons, his meltdowns in Washington, his injury bug at the quarterback position in San Francisco. I mean, he, he's got a litany where, where sometimes you could say this about him. That's just shit luck, Sills. Really? All of those things put on a dinner plate. You don't think they're all like, well, when you put them all on the plate, 
and you put them all in a box or whatever, and you look at them, it's sure a lot of things to pick pick from on why he's not had the success that you need to have in the second season, and that's the postseason. Okay? I mean, they went to QB3. Who was their QB2? Who was their QB2 in the NFC title game? Josh Johnson? Really? Is your Hey, Yale, the Eagles had a Pro Bowl quarterback as a backup to Carson Wentz. They had Josh Johnson, a journeyman. That was their backup? Dude, I get the third guy. Sure. You don't even some teams don't even carry that. I get it. But you weren't prepared with Josh Johnson as your guy. In case something happened. I mean, the look at the Eagles. They were they were prepared last. I mean, look. Couldn't mention. I Minshew's better than anything San Francisco had as backups. Minshew's better than anything. Shit, Gardner Minshew might be better than Trey Lance. Trey Lance? Oh, wait. Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Gardner Minshew. Really? <laughs> what makes you say that? What, because he was drafted high? Thank God you didn't apply that to Jalen. I mean... What makes you think that Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Gardner Minshew? What what game was that that made you think that 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 um, Trey Lance is better than anything the Eagles? Do you think Trey Lance is better, than Marcus Mario? Hey, how about this one? Hey, Niner, do you actually think that Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota? Do you think that? I'm not so sure about that. I'm not. Lance will start this season. He won't finish it. That guy will start about three games and get yanked. And then guess what will happen? His market value will go down and you won't be able to move that guy for anything less than a sixth rounder. That's the chances you take when you play him. Remember that Yale. If you play Trey Lance and he sucks, this guy was the second, what was he? Second or third pick in the draft. If you play that guy and he blows, you'd be lucky to get a six-rounder for him. And he's like the second pick in the draft. So if the 49ers play that guy, you better be prepared that that guy is prepared. Or your value of that player, shit, Rand Carthon, now I see why he third for, hey, so he was the third pick in the first round. Well, let me me help you. That's right, because Zach was second. Let me help you out on this. If you play that guy and he sucks, Rand Carthon was right to wait. I'll just wait and see how that guy plays, especially if he sucks. Because if he sucks, market value. John Lynch could lose his job over that. Hey, I'm going to try to trade Le- Trey. I'll give you a fifth rounder for him right now. That's my best offer. No, you mean the fifth pick. No, no. Look at what they traded the number one overall pick to Tampa for. Oh, wait, he was cut. Look at what the Browns traded Baker Mayfield to Carolina for. That's kind of what you're looking at. 
You play him, and he stinks. Same, this is what Jordan Love's facing. Dude, if Green Bay gets out of the gate and Jordan Love sucks in Green Bay, because a first-round draft choice, be lucky to get a fifth-rounder for him. Both Green Bay and San Francisco are gambling. Huge. Because you know why? Green Bay moves off a four-time MVP to a guy they drafted. So they may lose this. That's why they got a shitload of picks for Aaron Rodgers. They At least the Packers are covered. The Niners are not covered. And the only way the Niners are covered is with Brock Purdy if he plans out. It would be kind of like a Kirk Cousins deal RG3 got hurt in Washington. Mike Shanahan hedged his bets in case RG3 got hurt. Cousins panned out. Kind of. <laughs> Least Green Bay's covered. You got a boatload of picks from the Jets. But think of this, if he fails. If he fails in Green Bay, you moved off of Rodgers. You're in purgatory looking for a new quarterback. And on top of that, you turn around and you look at San Francisco and Trey Lance, you play him. And so far, what I've seen, I don't see it. All right. You guys were great today. Can't thank you enough for coming aboard the way you have. Thank you so much. You guys were great. Xander, thank you. Big Joe, thank you. All of you, God bless and thank you very much. Don't forget, three to six, each and every single Monday through Friday. You missed any of the show, go back to Jacob Sports, please. Tone, absolutely enjoy working with you. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. We thank you so much. Till tomorrow, three to six, see you on the flip side. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.